Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. Enjoy this. These guys are extremely informative. I love their dialogue. I love their interpretation of the songs, who and what we are, what we were going after. They're very uh, accurate in their uh, interpretations and descriptions. And uh, just I just think this is a great show. And these guys are doing a, a stand-up stellar job. So once again, enjoy Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. What's up, everybody? Happy holidays and welcome to another episode of the Nerf Herder Council. Nerf Herder Council talking into infinity. Good Lord. I'm already I'm already getting it wrong. Anyways, welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a dream theater centric podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, talkingintoinfinity.com, the cmsnetwork.com and the CMS Network Rumble page. We are at those locations every other Thursday. At 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so don't miss the show. If you are on YouTube, don't forget to click the like button, click the subscribe button, and smash that notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live. Without further ado, let me bring on my Steam co- Oh, wait a minute. Brian's not here. Brian is going to be late tonight. So uh, right now, I am flying solo. Uh, but we do have a number of guest hosts lined up. Uh, our first one will be coming on in just a few minutes here. But uh, yeah, Brian had some uh, last second family Christmas drama of somewhat an emergent nature. So he's actually going to be running a little bit late, probably like eight o'clock, eight thirty, something like that. But um, we got plenty of stuff for you guys here tonight. Um, obviously, as you all know, um, I will be drinking Gorilla Farts. Uh, I'll wait a little bit to do that, but I've got... I've got it ready to go, and God, those things are atrocious. So um, anyhow, uh, like I said, we've got some awesome co-hosts coming up. Uh, we have our good friends, uh, Kale McLeish and Chastity coming on. We have Sean Faust, who will be joining us. And uh, coming on first here in a few minutes, uh, we have Hennig Mielke. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I'll ask that when he jumps on here. But um, yeah, he actually worked for Dream Theater's label over in Germany in, I want to say, the late 90s. So he's going to talk a little bit about what it was like to actually work with the guys. Uh, he worked with Jeff Tate and Queensryche at that time as well. So uh, he, he's going to have some cool stories about that um, and major props to him for agreeing to come on. He is, you know, in Germany, he's six hours ahead of us. So right now it's one thirty in the morning over there and he's just now getting on the computer to uh, man. Robert Husted, good to see you. He is also going to be one of our esteemed co-hosts tonight. He says, remember the drinking game. Anytime you hear John mention score for any reason, take a drink. No, no, no. It's not if I mention score. It's if I mentioned that I was there or if it's like a personal memory from score. So I because I, I, I could say score like, oh, you know, it was the best song on score was, you know, another one or something like that. That's that's different. So anytime I'm, that's that's not fair saying anytime I mention score, Robert, come on now. Seriously. And besides, if you're if you're doing the drinking game, you better have something there to drink, because if you're going to do this to me, then I'm going to mention how I was at score many times while you're on camera. <laughs> so, Robert says you have a point 
Yeah, you better you better watch it there, dude. <laughs> Doug McCauley, good to see you. Says I just took two drinks anyway. Yeah, I. Oh God. Anything that anybody's going to be drinking tonight is is not going to be nearly as bad as what I what I have. I've got some normal stuff like iced tea. I've got a craft beer here, and I've got a little bit of whiskey. But these gorilla farts are just brutal. So, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Brian is going to be joining us a little bit later in the show. Um. Again, we'll have Hennig here in a few minutes uh, once he logs on. But, uh, yeah, I want to thank you guys uh, for N Nikki Bilski. Wow. Hey, what's up? Good to see you. She says, hey, JT. Um, yeah. So want to thank you guys for another awesome year. Uh, it, it's it's pretty, pretty crazy that we've been doing this now. I believe, what is it, like three years or something? Um, man, and, and the hell of a year. And we, we, we did the you know, Portnoy Returns episode, which just absolutely you know, for us blew up, uh, which was a good thing. And, uh, you know, we had Mike Mangini on the show this year, uh, Jordan Rudis. We had some, we had some great stuff. And as always, you guys in the chat were a blast to hang out with, um, you know, which is the whole point of this show here tonight, you know, it's just to hang out with you guys and have a free form discussion and, you know, talk dream theater. And if, if it veers off into other directions, it veers off into other directions. So no big deal. Um, so yeah, Brian, uh, he actually texted me only a couple hours ago, and I said, "Wow, nothing like last minute notice there, dude." <laughs> so, um, yeah, he'll be on hopefully, you know, uh, eight eight thirty ish, something like that. So, uh, we were also going to have Everett Painter from Dream Theater USA, the Dream Theater fan club, but he had a last minute travel conflict, so he will not be joining us. Uh, but again, we do have uh, Robert Husted. He'll be on with us. Hennig is coming on here in a few minutes, and then we've got Kale and Chastity and Sean. So um, definitely going to be going to be a very good time. Uh, spe speaking of Hennig, his ears must be burning. Here he is. The man himself. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Are you tired? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Give me, give me another two hours. <laughs> nice. Oh my God. Well, thank you very much for coming on, man. Um, I know it's like I said, I, I, as I was saying, everybody, it's it's one thirty in the morning. Like, I mean, yes, it's it late is. over there. So, what what it's part of Germany? Late. Um, it's near Frankfurt. Okay. So it's kind of in the middle of Heidelberg. It's okay. in the middle of Germany, and it's um, yeah, pretty much in the center. So. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, how all you right. guys so, been? Everything's good, man. Like I said, Brian is running late. He texted me a Brian couple. Brian is running late. Okay. Yeah, he he texted me a couple hours ago, and he said that he's got some crazy family drama going on. That like for so they he had to on the fly do a family Christmas at his house. So he's oh he's wow, out about a half hour, an hour or so. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so he. So you're here. you're in the middle of Christmas season. Yep. Yeah, it's, yeah. The next couple of days are going to be crazy. I actually am singing tomorrow night. Uh, we have a Christmas, oh, ugly, wow. cr ugly Christmas sweater show, and then the next morning I'm driving a couple hours out to my in-laws' place to watch football and do our Christmas on Christmas Eve. And then my stepkids and uh, their significant others will be coming over Christmas Eve night and spending the night into Christmas. So, uh, be pretty cool. So, wow, well, that's busy, busy schedule. Yeah, and I get to cook a lot, which is, you know, everyone's like, oh, are you grilling? I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll grill. So, you know. You're grilling? Oh, yeah. Inside? I, no, inside no, no, outside. outside. No, I don't, I don't let the, yeah, we're lucky because it's in the mid-40s right now. And I'm, 
I, I'm I'm also one of those people that I don't give a crap if it's like snowing outside. Like if I want a grill, I want a grill. It's like okay. <laughs> I will not let the weather dictate <laughs> what I want to eat. So, so the mid forties would be in Celsius. What's that like? Uh, I don't let's, know. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm terrible at. Like, yeah, I have to. Let me check. I'm looking at yeah. What Celsius is forty five? Is it freezing? Yeah. Uh, it's it's above freezing. Okay, so so. So okay, so wait a minute. Let me check. What's forty-five degrees Fahrenheit and Celsius? Oh, it's <laughs> like five five degrees Celsius. Okay, there you go. Okay, that's okay. like here. There you so go. You have snow already. Uh, we had we had one we had one snowfall earlier in the week, and that was it. So it's we're oh, not wow. gonna have a green Christmas. It looks like so, but okay, makes it better for the okay. grilling. So there you go. Look at yeah. all right, they're 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 already getting on me here. Sean, one of our other co-hosts, he says, Did John mention being at score yet? No, I did not. And Robert Houston already brought that up and I warned him you better watch that because if he's gonna be playing this drinking game, he's gonna be on camera and I'm gonna mention it as many times as possible. Watch him get sauced in front of everybody. So there we go. All yeah, right. I'm good so. with water. I'm not drinking anything because I'm I, gonna be so fucked. right yeah i'm trying i'm trying to keep it together myself man i got a couple hours to go here so um all right so let's jump into this man so you how did you come to work you you work for for dream theaters label over there correct exactly in germany yeah yeah in the last um it was like i started working at at warner music in in hamburg i'm originally from hamburg which is in the north Okay. Um, and it was like I started '95 um, as a, as a junior product manager. So basically, what you do at a label is you you you're working all the repertoire you get um, landing on your desk and try to market it in your market, which is Germany. You know, okay. so so it could be it could be anything. You know, it's it's all the genres, all. Um, all the countries, US, UK, Italy. So so that was like the, when I started off, I was a junior product manager. And when I started working with Dream Theater, I think it was like falling into infinity in their metropolis. So that would be like, I would be just normal product manager at that time. Sure. Yeah. And I did all the Electra rock repertoire. So, okay. so that's obviously um doing theater was part of that yeah so what sort of responsibilities did you have like with the band did you did you get to work directly with them at all i mean i i, I know mike portner was obviously really hands-on with everything you know back then so yeah i mean you know you you what you would do is you would obviously communicate with the american repertoire owner so you set up promotion trips you set up interviews um and then you you take what they give you in terms of artwork, bio, EPK, which is electronic press kits at that in that era. You know, it doesn't exist anymore. So you would you would get all the tools you would need to to market the record in Germany. You know, and once um, and then you could request the band to come over to do promotion tours, which would then be in line with European promotion trips to do interviews with press and you could do phone interviews and obviously when the band is in your market you're responsible for getting them everywhere to be with them hands-on 
and um and yeah sometimes you would speak with a band up front and 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 sometimes you know you you just drive them around the country you know everybody wants to go on the autobahn obviously that was <laughs> always the first thing yep and and then you know let me get me get me in the car and drive drive <laughs> right. drive as fast as you can and so that would happen um usually people will come in on a sunday evening from the from the us jet lagged and then you get them the per diems which is like a daily daily um kind of yeah cash basically what they can spend on you know on anything and then yeah you know and when they are touring you be there on the first gig and you try to be with them as much as you can yeah that's the main that's my focus. So, and then you would do the advertisement, you know, your TV advertisement, all the stuff. You speak to the MTVs, to all, all the channels to to push the record as 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 much as you can, you know. So how how was it? Uh... How was it pushing at, at that time? You know, falling into falling into infinity. As much as you know, I've said on the show, it's, it's my favorite record of theirs. But you know, that was a record for them that was not received very well compared to the obviously the you know the previous two. So how how was it received over there in Germany? Because over here, people were like, "Oh, this is a little more straightforward. It's not kind of yeah, same, same. I mean, you have to you have to you have to know. I was a huge Dream Theater fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was buying the record. I was, I was, I think I came across you know, Majesty and then the first demo that was really hyped in Germany. And then obviously when Dreams and Day Unite, I bought that on vinyl. Um, and, you know, I, I liked it. I mean, you can feel that they are not really gelling in terms of the sound and the production and all that. Mm-hmm. Um and then you know images and words came out and and that was huge like in the states you know and i saw the band um i looked it up let me see i th- i saw them in a in a club in hamburg with uh, 1000 people and it was just electrifying you can you can tell you know it was um i think it was 93 april 93 and it was just buzzing i mean you can you can tell the band was was you know going big i i think they weren't that big at that time but you can feel it you can feel yeah. it in the air you know and and portney was like you know with his camera you know <laughs> he was behind the drums and filming everybody so so i was a huge huge fan of the band um and then away came and that was i think that everybody liked that record i think that was a solid follow up and then yeah, yeah falling into infinity i think it was considered um in germany was um considered a li- little bit of a letdown you know and germany is a huge huge market for that band still is yeah you know um distance over time was number one in germany and and uh, i think all the records charted at least top 15 or top 20 and some even top five top three so so it's a huge market for the band and 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 yeah and you can feel you can feel that the, that album was was tough for the band you can feel it you know yeah i i always wonder how how you know because i mean the european market is obviously much better and bigger for metal 
So I wonder what the, you know, if their tolerance is higher for stuff like that, whereas, you know, the American audiences could be kind of fickle. So I think the loyalty is, is, is I think Germans tend to be very loyal to a band, you know, um, mm -hmm. I think we, 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 if, if we, if US bands come over here, um, I think we, we tend to stick with them as long as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons Van Halen, um, I think they, obviously they were huge in Germany, you know, and it was a huge band for me as well um, as a teenager, but they didn't tour Europe or Germany as much as they did in the States for whatever reason that is. I don't know, yeah. but I think it's just the, that's just where we're, you know, if you don't put in the work um, in, in Europe um, or especially in Germany, you tend to, to not um, catch up later on, you know, and and mm -hmm. it's unfortunate. But Dream Theater did that, and and falling into infinity. Obviously, they toured, but um, yeah, Portnoy was pissed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no way around it. I mean, I I've, I remember I was I was going backstage, and he was just in a foul mood. You know, and I, I think that had to do with, um, yeah, all the tension with, with Sylvia Rome from Electra, yeah. who is um, who is not a metal-friendly um, mm -hmm. executive, you know. And she was all about Missy Elliott and Buster Rhymes and R&B and hip-hop, and I, I think she had no clue what to do um, with the band and... and um, you can tell, you know, and I think he wasn't in a good place at that time, um, you know, mentally with his drinking and all that. And he was just aggressive, you know, he was just really aggressive. And and when you um, when you are the the labor representative, you know, um, you are considered sometimes you're considered the, you know, the extension of, of the, the person label. you have. You know, and and mm -hmm. and me being a huge fan and meeting the band for the first time, obviously that was a little bit um, disheartening. You know, the the rest was fine. I mean, I, I you know, that's that's all very, um, that was all very professional, very very calm. But he was he was pissed. Yeah. Do Do you know how close that was to when he actually told them he was leaving after the tour? Because I I, I know I know that I think I want to say. It was basically when they recorded that live record, it was, you know, that he had, he had, you know, kind of told them that he was stepping down. Was that, was that right around the corner from when you worked with them or was that later or where was that situation at? No, you... I think it was, it was right in the middle of it and you can okay. feel it. I think they, they kept to themselves, you know, he was just, um, you know, in a far mood and I think he was backstage and he was like keeping to himself and I was more interacting with Petrucci then and Labrie mm -hmm. because funny, funny side note, I was, I was playing in a band at that time and trying to sing, you know, <laughs> um, as, as, as you do. Um, and then, um, we auditioned a guitar player from the States who, who just came over and from Canada and his name was Bruce Dice and Bruce Dice was member of Winter Rose. Oh, who, okay. Yeah. You know, who's James Libri's old band. So 
um, I found out and he said, yeah, yeah, I work with James. He's now with Junior Theater and he's a kick-ass singer. You know, he could sing TNT, um, uh, Everyone's a Star, you know, which was like a big song in, in, in Germany, in Europe, that record TNT, Tell No Tales. Yeah. Um, and so I went backstage and that's the first thing I said to Libri. I said, hey, you know, Bruce, Bruce Dye says hi. And he was like, oh, man, really? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and, and I think Bruce Dice wanted to do something with, with Lenny Wolf from Kingdom Come, who's from sure. Hamburg. So, so that was funny. And he was like, yeah, man, that Winter Rose, you know. And we were just talking, you know. And he's, he's like, you know, and I, I asked him, you know, what are your heroes? And I said, man, the only singer I'm really um, intimidated by is Steve Perry from journey oh yeah that was like that was like his you know i said you know i i can hang with everybody but he's he's something different so that was really cute oh, yeah. really nice. yeah. well 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 look who decided to show oh. to his own show <laughs> dude i just heard something about tnt what did yeah. i miss my one of my favorite bands of all time tell no tales i love that album absolutely <laughs> absolutely no they were great i mean i, I just I just said that the Tell No Tales record was a huge record in Europe and yeah. in Germany. And and that was like a high standard of high energy, hard rock. And I have to be honest with you, that's one of the first hot takes from Germany here. You can cruise that. I think Tony Hernell should have sung in Dream Theater. He would have been my 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 first choice. Do you know really? him, John? I'm I'm familiar with Tony Har Harnell, yeah. Um, wow. Okay. I think he would have. I I think he would have been amazing in that band. You know, I'm not the biggest James Libri fan, uh, to be honest. Um, um, for 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 different reasons, but but I think he's he's great at what he does now, and uh, would have been. But Tony Harnell would have been would have been excellent in my. But maybe that's a European view. You know. <laughs> they're gonna be what? on the they're gonna be on the Monsters of Rock cruise. This will be the first time I ever got to see TNT. Yeah, they're back together. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the whole original lineup, so I'm pretty pumped for that. Yeah, I hope it's good. I, I've seen footage. I mean, he he sounds amazing. I mean, yeah. he looks great. He sounds amazing. So yeah. So when you were when, back to you know being back there with with the guys and you know how how difficult was it to you know, kind of work with the band knowing where they're, I mean, were you aware that they were going through a potential breakup at the time or, yeah. or did they keep that? Okay. So, so they made that clear to you guys? Yeah. Well, they made it clear. And I think, um, Silvery Brown made it clear, you know? So, and so did you, she, did you work with her directly ever? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and you know, what would happen is they would come over like every, half year or quarter year and just kind of with the international department and we would all sit around and they would play us new music and new stuff and um and you know something that they think is a priority for the label and and then you know obviously i i knew from the press that um dream theater are going to release a new record so you know but that wasn't mentioned at all. And then I kind of asked her, I think it was lunch or something. And she said, what about Dream Theater? And she's like, ah, Dream Theater. 
And it's like, okay, <laughs> I got yeah. it. Yeah. I, I yeah, know, let's I know. talk about let's talk about let's talk about Missy Elliott and Buster Rhymes, shall we? <laughs> right. Yeah, and I know I know that Nikki Six when he wrote about her in the oh. dirt, kind of extensively. Oh, yeah. He just and you know they 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 flamed her publicly and had that big pissing. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing, you know. And I wished, I wished, you know, I worked with Jason Flom at that time, who signed Rat, Twisted Sister, Porcupine Tree, who was at Atlantic with his own label called Lava. And he super nice sabotage. guy. Super nice guy. Totally gets rock. Totally gets um, progressive rock. And he would be, he would have been perfect for Dream Theater. And I would, you know, and as for Motley as well. And and it's just it's just unfortunate, you know, the changing at the guards and 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 something careers get short shrifted ended records are not getting released it's just unfortunate you know but me being a foot soldier in one of the major markets for the band and then obviously feeling the heat from the band and especially from portnoy um understandably you know i totally get it but it's just something that um i felt he could have been a little bit more um measured <laughs> you know a little bit more measured but then that's youth probably and he was just i think the, they were just in an unhappy situation at that time yeah so <clears throat> at the time you were there that this is kind of like a kind of like a, a funny question i suppose but i don't know if you heard the story that he he told where when he was first over in germany he thought that ausfahrt was a city and he, he <laughs> So he said, he said, God damn, this Ausfart place is huge. And then it was only down the road. He found out it meant like exit or like off ramp or whatever. Like, yeah, exactly. It's exit. Yeah, I, I, I laughed. I, I took I took nine years of German in in high Did school. I, yeah. So I, I used to be partly fluent. Uh, that was years ago, wow. obviously. But yeah. So yeah. When, when he told that story, he said, I, I was I was dying. I was like, oh, my God, I wish I, I to be there. If you know what it means, I'm like, oh, my God, this Ausfahrt. guy really thinks out. Yeah. Ausfahrt is like a huge city but no it's it's an offer it man like so that John, is... john's the only person ever to take nine years of a foreign language in high school oh dude well well it was it, okay so I, I, what i let me okay i started i started in like fifth grade i took like saturday classes my older brother oh, okay. spoke and i want to speak why german why german because like my older brother is basically like my hero and he did it so I wanted to do oh, it. Okay. So, yeah. And it was kind of funny because we all got assigned. We, we got to pick German names. So I picked Rüdiger. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and good. so my, my, my brother. Sexy, and, sexy, sexy German name, Rüdiger. That, yeah. That's what I thought. I, I was like, no one's going to pick this name. So and it was funny because like my brother was in, 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 in German and so were my cousins. And they all picked it, too. So it was Rüdiger 1, 2, 3 and 4. So it it was it was so funny. Like, so I, to, I, I took it for four years in high school, and this is no joke. So you probably use this joke too. You'd show the teacher Motley Crew, and you're like, "Is this pronounced Mertley Crew because of the umlaut?" <laughs> yeah, the umlauts, that, yeah. that was like the joke, you know. True. We, we tell True. the joke like every single year, once once to the teacher just for the hell of it. <laughs> um, no, it's just yeah, German is tough. It's just a tough language, you know. Even it's very, for us Germans, it's tough, you know. It's it's it's, it's, it's rolling the R's that is it's the bitch, like that. That's it's just, the, yeah. it's so hard for people to get, like the you know. 
it's a rrr, and then you know and for germans to speak um english i know it's always this um we we can't do the th you know the the yeah. the, the. Uh-huh. so it's always the the so, so uh-huh. every German c- character, which which mainly is Nazis or or any any bad or Udo or or, or Klaus Klaus Meine and, yeah. and 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 it's always the 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 so yeah that's a tough one but um yeah so do you start English early there then like in elementary school it's like mandatory or um it's mandatory you can choose it's fourth grade you start basically and then um it goes up to college level you know and then um i was an exchange student in indiana for a year 87 to 88 and then i studied in um in georgia so that's what what helped me picking up the language, you know, and then we lived in London for, for three years when I was working for Warner Music. So that helped as well. And spe- speaking of pronunciation, I've always wondered this. And now that I have an actual German to ask this question of, sure. uh, I like I like the Scorpions, you know, and but I've never known how to pronounce Matthias's last name. Is it Yaps? Hops? Like, how do you pronounce yeah. it? No, it's Yaps. Yaps. Yeah, okay. It's Yaps. I've, exactly. I've always, for some reason, after even after years of taking, I, I was like, "How do you pronounce this damn thing?" Matthias Yaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I work with him as well. Um, oh, no kidding. Unplugged. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did an unplugged um, record in Lisbon, and Matthias thought he 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 should wear a wig with a hat on, and we couldn't <laughs> get it. It looked it looked it looked so awful. And we were like, Matthias, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. You should. It's not a good look on you. And he's like, No, no, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. It looks so silly. <laughs> oh, that's hey, awesome. But they're still, but they're still going strong. You know, what is it like? Si- isn't it like six, 60 years? Is that coming yeah, it's up? Rid- or- it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Spe- speaking yeah. of a singer who still sounds good, holy crap. Yeah, we always call him Mouse, Mouse Kleiner, Mouse. <laughs> So and we kind of changed because he's really small, you know, oh, yeah. and he's like, and he's like, Eddie, yay. you know, oh, it's, it's just, it's just a character. He, he always cracks, he always cracks it because even in his singing, he can't, he can't hide the German accent, like you know, no, I other, like, yeah, 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 it's just, oh. but they're German treasure. I mean, what can you say? You know, I mean, they're. The biggest German hard rock band, whether you like them or not, but they're just going strong, you know. And kudos to them, you know, for surviving the '90s and 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 keeping in the, you know, together for all that time, you know. Yeah, and and they man, they they survived some bad albums too. They had, <sighs> oh my god. Oh man. yeah, yeah. Was- we had we had that German. That German song that's supposed to sound like Rammstein. I mean, oh yeah. We, when we were in that board meeting and everybody was just looking at each other, and there was this cheesy video, and we were just like, and the manager was like <laughs> looking at us, and I was like, no, I have to go to the toilet now. You know, can, can, I just, can I just leave the room for a minute? Oh and god, yeah, that was bad. That was bad. so. Our buddy, our buddy Sean Faust is jumping on. Good to see you, brother. How are you? How's it going, fellas? So, Hi, Sean. how are you, Hennig? I'm like, good. How are you? Yeah, 
talk a little <laughs> bit about what it's like when you have to when you are listening to a new record by a band that you're working with and it's terrible. How what is that like? I, I mean, it's terrible to ask what's that like question, but I mean, try to try to describe having to sit there and just polish this turd in front of the band. Ooh, good question. Um, wow. I had that Mr. Big record after To Be With You. And, um, and they did this cover of Wildwood because they didn't have an, an unplugged. And I was going to lunch with a band and I was a huge Mr. Big fan as well. So that was another one. And it, I mean, what can you do? You try your best. I mean, you were, it's, it's, you know, you can't be honest, you know, that's, that's a problem. I would, I would love to be honest in that, especially when you know the repertoire and the band that well as a fan, um, you know, they, you just try to make the best of it or Queensryche. Q2K, oh. you know, you know, the, the, one of my favorite bands, you know, Operation Mindcrime and Rage for Order are two seminal records in my life, you know, right. honestly, in my life. And then I went to dinner with, with um, the band and DeGamo was out, which was huge in the dynamics. Yeah. And, and, and then Tate was obviously leading the, the proceedings. And it's just, it's just tough. Because I love that band so much, you know, and then they deliver a record which I cannot, it's just not working for me, you know, and, and you just try to, I think, um, yeah, polish the turd as good as you can and try your best and just, just kind of avoid the conversation, you know, and, and well, sometimes they ask you, what do you think of the record, you know, and I say, yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best. I mean, you, you you know, the thing is, you don't want to, um, you know, you have to do your best um, despite your taste. I think that's something you learn at a record company, you know. I mean, um, I work with so many great bands. I love like King's X, which is one of my all-time favorite bands. Um, and they've they did nothing and it, it breaks your heart. And then you have other stuff um, like Matchbox 20 who are great people. You know, Rob Thomas is one of the nicest people I've ever met in the, in the music business, but it's just music. I, I doesn't work for me. So it's just, it's just professional. You have to be professional about it, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's lightning in a bottle and you love a band and you love the record and it's successful. Um, you know, it's just, that's just part of the business, you know. Are you able to say what the biggest disappointment for you was in those situations? Like, are, are you able to mention an album or is that, would that be going <laughs> too far to say, oh, this one record I heard, this was definitely the worst, you know, that, that I ever had to kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, you know. Um, oh, there were a few. Um, I didn't get the hoodie and the blowfish record. I hated that. Okay. Um, the big one, the big seller. Yeah. Um, Sh Sugar Ray, the first one. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that, those were two. I I just couldn't couldn't stomach. Um, I think those two stand out for me. 
So what what's one that yeah. you were like you thought for sure this is going to be a home run and and maybe you covered this but but it just didn't take off sales wise. I mean obviously we know we love King's X and all that but what's another one you could think of maybe? Hmm. Good question. I I know he's a I I know he had a college hit, you know Duncan Sheik. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he had that song "Barely Breathing," yep. which I think was a huge single in the U.S. Yep. And um, he, the producer, came over, Rupert Hine, who who I love, um, and and the 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 label owner came over, and Duncan She came over, and he's great, and and we all felt really strong about that record because it kind of felt the first record was really like moody singer songwriter was like European, but didn't do anything. So that was disappointing. Um, and then jewel, the first jewel record was tough for us. Um, yeah, those two probably. What, what's it? What uh, uh, conversely, you know, before we do this, I'm going to get this out of the way before I get sick over here. Cheers, everybody. Here goes Gorilla Fart number one. Oh, boy. Here we go. German vodka. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's hope this stays down. What's in that? Oh, bad What's part of that? Regret. What's part of that beverage? It's, what was it so again? This time it's Jägermeister, Bacardi, and Jack Fire. Oof. Jesus. Yeah. Drink a beer. It's after that oh, god ugh. yeah anyhow okay so conversely uh oh man joe scox atlantis is tuning says hi guys nice to see you again greetings from spain good to see you man thanks for checking out the show uh so conversely Hattie, what was it what was a record that you got to listen to where you were like oh my god this is like amazing like do you, do you have one that stands out as like the best one you ever got to deal with Hmm. I, I, you know, one thing obviously is Metropolis by Dream Theater. Obviously, that was a that was a huge record. Um, um, and then King's X, um, Dogman was was a huge record. Um, because it it sounded different. I think those two were, were real highlights for me. Um, because of you know, it's just it's just really. Those are really, really strong records. Yeah, I mean, those two, I think, were were, were two that stand out, you know. And with ACDC, you always know, you know, because if you get an ACDC record, um, you know exactly you know what, what you're getting, yeah. You know what it's doing, you know. And, and we got the record with Thunderstruck, which was huge in Europe. And, and so, you know. You know, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Did, now, did you ever get any of the Metallica stuff? No, no, okay. we didn't. I think it was that was Polygram in Germany. Okay. Um. So that was Universal Records. But that was huge. I mean, that's like, I mean, you know, Metallica was 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 a bit. My my good friend of mine got me into Metallica. And then, but I was more like Pantera. Pantera was my my thing. Yeah, that was that was huge. That was there, such a huge record. 
which 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 one would so that would have been what uh it's time kill around the time no no it was it was like in the states i mean it was like you know you would go cowboy cowboys from hell Mm -hmm. you know that was like bubbling under and then valkyrie display of power that just changed everything you know i mean did you ever have like, did you did you ever work with Pantera? Did you ever work No, unfortunately I didn't. No. No. No, we didn't. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that band is just huge ridiculous. For me. Yeah, this is insane. It's an insane band. And it was a you know, I think there when I'm listening to you, you guys, I mean, there's not that much difference between what what happened in, in Germany or Europe. But I can only speak for Jim in the States as well. You know, I think there's, you know, it, it still had the same impact, you know, same bands, um, same same impact. Um, Van Halen, like I mentioned, you know, was huge. And, and obviously we didn't have the Sunset Strip and we didn't have Seattle, but it still spilled over, you know the whole music and we had MTV and, and all that radio was totally different. So it was in Germany it was more um, press, you know, it was a lot press was huge. It's really, it's really important um, or was important in Germany, like fan scenes, black and white fan scenes, metal mm-hmm. um, stuff. And, and, and then that was, I think that was metal um, like press was our radio basically, because you wouldn't have metal on radio or hard rock or anything, maybe jump. That was it, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's well, it. So, yeah. Well, so you, I mean, obviously, you know, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, images and words, you know, blew up over there like it did here. So if, if you didn't have radio, I mean, the, the whole reason that that just was huge over here was because, because of radio and whatnot. So what blew was up? It, image- really? Was that yeah. radio? Yeah, it was, you know, pull me under. They, they got it on radio and then, you know, it started getting played, so they had to make a video for it. And it's, you know, Portnoy has said many times that that video sucks because it was low budget. But they had to get something on MTV because they were getting so much radio play from it. So, what was it that blew up? You know, that record over there. How did how did it get it all that? Hype? It was word of mouth. It was like okay. press word of mouth. Um, yeah, it was just people were just talking about it. You know, just really old school. You know, you have like these magazines and then they would like feature like match majesty demo and then obviously the whole stuff. And then it was like images and words and you can, I don't know. It was just like everybody was talking about, about the record, you know, and everybody was, when it dropped, it was, it was, um, I think it changed everything in terms of progressive metal, um, especially in Germany. You know, um, we had Halloween, which came later, I think, a little bit or was like, or a little bit before that, which was like this traditional symphonic metal, you know, like uh, which Europeans love and, and which is like this, yeah, it's like child, child songs, like nursery rhymes with, with <laughs> fast guitars. <laughs> right. They're, easy, they're, easy, sounds, easy. <laughs> No, I love I love them. I you know I was the biggest Halloween fan, but they haven't aged well. I was listening no. to that record a while ago, and I have to say, okay, 
Keeper of the Seven Keys still holds up the song. That's true. That's the true. song. The album. Yeah, I'm gonna go with you. But Mr. Stein and and like, Mr. Tor okay, Mr. Guys. Torture. He builds funny <laughs> creatures. Torture. But he was great. I mean, we were so proud of him. You know, the Michael Kiske. And when he came out, it was like 19, and he was really, it was really good, and and we felt really, really strong, you know, about that band. But um, so going back to your question, John, um, yeah, it was press, word of mouth. Um, that's basically what it, what it did, you know. And then you know when the when the video came out, obviously you have MTV, but um, yeah, it was more more word of mouth, you know, press, a lot of press, a lot of people, you know, we had magazines who were selling like 150,000 um, units, yeah. you know, and it, it was different magazines, Metal Hammer, Rock Hard, and then two, three, four other magazines, you know, who were, and they were just hyping up, you know, they do studio report, which is a big thing, you know, they would have like people in the studio listening to the record and they were all get excited and you would read that and say, well, this is going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread, you know, and then obviously you run to the stores and then that's, that's, and then it's, you know, it's just circles from there. You know? So talk a little bit about, you know, you, you had mentioned, you know, that Portnoy was a little aggressive and obviously in a bad mood for the touring cycle over there for Falling Into Infinity. But, I, you know, obviously we know the story that basically after that record, he did stay with the band, obviously. And they basically told the label, piss off. We're going to do our record. You'll get it when it's done. Stop putting, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen. So talk about the difference between the band dynamic, you know, on the Falling Into Infinity run as opposed to, you know, the Metropolis 2000 run. Yeah, I think he was sober by then um, when they came over, and they did a they did an outside show um, in Hamburg, and yeah, the dynamic was very different. I mean, you can feel that he was in total control of that band at that time, you know, and and um, I think he was very. I think you you can you can tell. Um, I mean, he was still pissed, <laughs> um, but but I think he um, you can feel that he was his mind was made up, you know, about um, what he wanted to do, where he wanted the band to to progress to, and that he would, um, yeah, get his way. Basically, you know, I think that. Um, I'm not sure how far they were with Electra at that um, time. If they kind of decided or came to an agreement that they're gonna leave the label, um, but yeah, self-confidence is, is probably what I would um, describe the dynamics. And he was very much in control at that point, you know, um, pretty much steering the ship. What, what, he, are your, what are your thoughts on the Mangini era uh, um, musically and how the, the band and the direction and everything? And are you as pumped about Portnoy being back as everyone else seems to be? I am. I am. Um, you know, unfortunately, with, with, you know, 
sometimes you you when you work at a at a record label and and you meet your your favorite band and it's not going like you you want to you kind of get um bumped out a bit you know and 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 that happened f to me for a while i listened to all the records um and and i love train of thought and and um six degrees of turbulence um and then the Mangini, I thought it was smart. I think it was a smart move how they set it up with a with a um with the trial outs with the videos and all that. Um I really like I really like um what's it called? Distance over time. Yes. I really yeah. like that record. And what I like about the record is you can tell that the mixing was done by um, ben Gross, who did a Seven Dust record, which I love, which uh, the title escapes me now, but you can um, you can tell the difference in sound. I think that's that's uh, one thing, and um, I like the last record as well. And I I've, I'm I'm super excited what's going to happen. You know, it's going to be very interesting how that dynamic. Um, what what he's bringing to the table now, and if if um, I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure where they are. I mean I'm not sure if he's taking over the steering wheel now or if they um, you know what are your what are your um, thoughts about it? Do you think he's he's just wiser and more matured, and he's just part of the band, or he's gonna take? everything and be in control I, sean I'll, sean i'll let you go first on this one because I, I do have a few thoughts but where, where do you stand on that what, what do you where do you think portner is going to fit into the into this business wise it's a smart move just business wise to get him back at this point because i was at that msg show and on the train of thought tour that room was sold out on this tour it was like a third full i felt bad um, I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of like to see how he would be just laid back. I want to see if like, if his head starts exploding, <laughs> like, just like, no guys, guys, let's do it this way. Guys, let's do it this way. Or if he's just going to lay back and be like, you and Jordan have been doing this for a while. Like, let's see. Um, the, the only thing I'm just hoping they don't do is, um, throw on their leather jacket and their water skis and do Metropolis three. Cause I think they already told their story. I want to hear them do something fresh and new. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I don't want to see Metropolis three. I think it's you know, you, you just leave that alone. Um, in in terms of in terms of your question, Henning, I personally, I, it's going to be interesting because I don't think he's going to come in and just assume the role he had before. You know, I think it's I think it's a very different dynamic now because you know the you know the work is spread around. Um, so I, I think he's going to fit into that nicely, but I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent in control like he was. Um, I, I, I just don't know how that would work. I mean, eventually, I mean, as, as you're aware, having, having worked with them, you know, that started to rub the guys, the other guys in the band the wrong way. You know, they, they finally got tired of being under his thumb and whatnot. And I think they, they, you know, him coming back, they, they don't want to be part of that sort of arrangement again, I think. Um, you know, so, so it'll be, 
it, it'll be interesting, you know, to see see where that lands. And and I do I do know that they're still hashing that sort of stuff out. So it's you know they're they're still kind of working on the specifics and everything. And, um, really? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so it'll 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 be interesting. Um, Brian, what, Brian, it's what a do you company. think? Yeah. 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 Ex exactly. I mean, and it's, you know, it's a company at the end of the day. You know. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What do you think, Brian? I'd like to see him skip to Metropolis Four and do like a Spinal Tap, you know, a four part, <laughs> a, a four part trilogy. I'd be into that. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. No, I, I think, um, you know, I don't think there's going to be in any huge need to like completely like try to push uh, and like market the band because it's 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 marketing itself, knowing he's back. You know what I mean? And I think as they were maybe kind of starting to fade towards the end of Portnoy there. That was his whole thing was just trying to you know was the marketing of the band and keeping the name out there and making sure we're relevant but hey i also want to take a break or whatever blah 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 so it was he was kind of caught in the crossroads whereas here i think it's just going to be solely let's make the best album we can make i'll step back we got managers we're all kind of equal partners now and uh i, I think his role is really going to be diminished in terms of you know driving in that way unless he just has some insane ideas that you know are, are good and the guys will listen to but i, th I think he just kind of wants to be part of a band again he just doesn't want to be a hired guy anymore you know yeah for sure well we, we do have another guest backstage we've got our very good friend kale mcleish what's going on man how are you hey hey <laughs> almost oh. missed it sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> you got plenty of time it's a long show um hey, so what do you think w where do you think portnoy is going to fit into all this I, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how it does fit together. Actually, I think there's definitely a different road than the one he left off on. You know, we've kind of traveled down that road. He was there at a crossroads and helicoptered out basically, and now it's come back together. It's not going to the same place it used to be. I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see how, you know, Henning, I, I don't see how they can go back to that old dynamic. I mean, that that's what caused the split in the first place. So to immediately go right back to that, I mean, it, you know, like, you know, Sean was talking about the MSG show, you know, for Train of Thought. I was there, too, and it was it was packed, you know, and, you know, the, 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 the attendance, the attendances, you know, that doesn't count, Sean. Quit laughing. That wasn't score. Um, <laughs> um, but for say, the record, you were you were at score though, right? I'm not playing that game until Robert gets on. But you were there, right? <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. Um, Robert, but, yeah. you'd like to take a shot now is the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but or yeah, I, I, I just I don't I don't see how they go back to that. I I, I really don't. Um, and you know they've they've developed a good way of doing things and as much as you know we just talked about where the concert attendance might have been down a little bit the band did survive and they put out some great records in you know in portnoy's absence so it, it you know it's 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 not like a I, I don't think it was like a iron maiden blaze bailey thing where you know the records no. were bad and and you know no no no, no, no. it wasn't anything like that so exactly and they have a I great really label now even... sorry you go henny so man um inside oh, yeah. out um you know i know thomas really well um he's a great guy and i think they're in a healthy state and i agree i agree i mean it's a company 
Um, at the end of the day, I think I agree with Sean. It's business-wise. It's the smartest move both parties could have done at this point. And, yeah, I agree. I think he's much more um, matured, mellowed. I think he's he's um, he seems to be in a great space um, place in, in terms of his career and where he's at in life. And yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think what he's bringing to the table is obviously in these days age is social media. I mean, his, his social media game is ridiculous, you know? Yeah. So he's, and, and I think you said it, John, as well, in terms of he's, he's probably the only rock star in the band, <laughs> you yes. know, and, and, yeah. and, and he's he's um, he's definitely going to bring something. I w I'm just going to be interested in if the songwriting, the production, if it's going to be him and Petrucci, or if they, you know, I have no idea which which kind of if they if they do a fan service and do, or if they go totally bonkers and and kind of throw everything. It's it's going to be interesting if it's going to be triple record or double record <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I'd love for them to bring in a a, a fairly big name producer, you know, just yeah, to bring too. out just to bring out the best because otherwise it's going to be too. too much Petrucci or too much Portnoy. Yeah. Go Andy know. Snape again. He did a great job with View from the Top of the World. I'd like to see him get another shot. I'd go I'd go with that. I'd go with that. Tom Cullen uh, tuning in. Good to see you, man. He says, I'm still, quote unquote, scared at the return of Portnoy. Eek! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, th I think it's going to be great. I, it's it, it's such a bittersweet thing for me because, like, I, I liked Mangini. I liked, you know, most of the stuff that he did. And it's it just, it, it kind of, to me, it was always kind of sad that the fan base just didn't embrace him the way I thought mm. they would. It was it was always a very interesting thing to me because I was shocked that, you know, people are like, well, you know, Portnoy's not there. I'm not going to go see the band. I was like, OK, like I get that he kind of is like, you know, the heart and soul and everything, but he's the drummer. You know, it's not like you're doing a singer change or John Petrucci. Like it's, you know, I mean, it, it, was, it was surprising to me that it was it had, you know, it had that effect. So. Yeah. Um, all right, so we do have our, our final couple of co-hosts here. Uh, they're jumping on early. We've got Robert Husted and Chastity Crawley. Good to see you guys. Howdy. Hello. So, Hello, everybody. Where? Yeah, Tom, Tom Cullen, he's got a great point. He says, it's a big personality reintroduced into something that was working. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be kind of interesting. You know, I mean, Chastity and Robert, like where? Where do you guys think this is going to go? What do you think Portnoy's role is going to be in this? Go ahead. Oh, gotcha. I was waiting for you. Um, so I'm not entirely sure, honestly, because uh, Portnoy was before my time getting into Dream Theater. I mean, like, honestly, it wasn't until, like, after I got into Dream Theater that uh, I realized Portnoy was out of the band and Mangini uh, Man replaced him. So, but I think... I don't know. Just hearing like the stories that, you know, the way Portnoy used to be. I don't know if he's going to go back to doing that, but I know he's going to be like a big, uh, I'll say advocate for like, you know, imagination or like kind of like the driving force. But I feel like him and Pertruzzi are going to like drive it. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, Hennig, I, like, I think they've got that writing relationship. I mean, they, you know, the, the three of them were, you know, 
Jordan and John and, and, and Mike were, were doing the writing before he left. Mm. And then, you know, they continued it, you know, they, you know, they did the, the liquid tension experiment record recently, um, you know, and, you know, Portnoy played on obviously on, on John's solo record. So I, I think it's still there. I, I think the one thing that I, I like, if, if I was to make a guess as to what we're going to get, you know, in terms of not just Portnoy's role, but I, 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 I've said this before. I think we're going to get a very energetic record. I think you're going to hear yeah. that sense of, okay, like it's, you know, our buddy's back and there's, there's, there's going to be a certain uh, aggression to it just born of the energy of him being back and them being excited to work with him again. There's got to be that hunger. You know, you know, when you listen yeah. to images and words, demos, like just, you can hear how hungry they are in those mm. performances. Like I kind of got a vibe and a hope that this next record will give us that same kind of like, we are hungry. We need to be back. Kind of. Oh, thing. definitely great. Definitely. And what great. he's doing, what he's great at. I mean, you could see it, this drumeo pull me under video he did. I think where he drums. So he's just great with this stuff. I mean, he's just great with the social media, how he does the interaction, you know, explaining stuff. Um, He's just very, he's just very good with his social media game, and I think that's going to be a big aspect what he's bringing to the table, you know. And I, and, I, I have to uh, kind of piggyback on that. I think he's done it a lot better than Mangini has to an extent, because yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, you go back and watch any of the videos where Mangini's breaking down a part, and he's like, "Okay, so I'm doing exactly this. This is exactly what I'm doing," and it's just like. I don't know what that means. I am a musician, but I don't understand what you're doing. Whereas Portnoy's like, okay, so what I'm doing is this, which, you know, if you count four, four, like every musician does change that. This is how I'm counting this. Yeah. And he actually breaks it down into the most base layman terms so that it's more accessible. And I think what he's been able to do over this is, is that he really outed himself as a fan of music, like being the Beatles, yeah. and he's on on Proc Report, kind of the the wheel of Proc with Opeth, and he's just getting out, you know, wearing a jellyfish. Um, yeah, that was tank cool, top, like... which was which is great. Um, and I think he's just he just comes across as, as a very likable um you know kind of ambassador of Prague. I, I I don't know anybody else except maybe Stephen Wilson who's not as extrovert as him um being the ambassador of Prague at this point in time who's so engaging and so likable communicate you know communicates and stuff and that's great. I mean I think that's something that's really gonna be a big factor. Um, Agreed. In the next record, yeah. Are, are we like slaves to the moment though? And John will follow me on this. Like, remember when, a when the Alien came out? We were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, yeah, this is so good. So, and here we we're talking about, oh, we really hope that you know Portnoy brings some energy. I mean, was there any more energy on a, on a new Dream Theater single like just pumped than that song? Like, I mean, we kind of get slaves to the moment. And we sort we sort of forget, and I. But I also want to wonder if that album like started out so damn strong it was impossible to kind of keep up that pace you know with the quality of, of just the the energy and the songs in general 
Hey, that makes sense. Um, that, that's tough because I think, you know, the rest of that record, you know, to your point, Brian, wasn't, you know, it was, it definitely wasn't as in your face as the alien was, but I still think it was good. You know, I, 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 I side with Hennig where I think the best, you know, uh, the best Mangini record was definitely distance over time for me. I love that record that that might be a top three record for me overall. Um, I, you know, I literally have a single complaint about it and it's that it's, you know, the, the overall mix is quiet. Like the other records are louder than that one. Um, and if, the, if that's the only thing you can complain about with an album that, I mean, I don't, I don't think you really have a complaint. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I, I, I think my concern is that the fan expectation, is it going to crush the album? You know, are are people are people going to be so excited for him to come back that they if they don't get images and words quality, are they going to be like, oh, this sucks? You know, I, I mean, what do you, what do you guys think about that? Like the fan expectation, how that's going to almost it? certainly. Yeah, almost I mean, certainly. yeah, fans it's are right going to be like, oh, I'm expecting this to be this way, and it's got to be that way, and if it's not that way, John, I mean, to to talk your language, look at the Last Jedi for two years. Everybody was like, well, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. When it didn't happen, well, it sucks. <laughs> and if you look at early Dream Theater from like uh, going from uh, when Dream and Day Unite to around Six Degrees or Train of Thought, every single album was different than the one before. You you know you had the same yeah. cooks in the kitchen, but each album had its own thing to say. Yeah, didn't we? Didn't you guys literally just say that on the um, Octavarium ranking episode? Is this like this one is? the more mellow prog album, whereas you've got Train of Thought, which is the heavy album. And then you got Sex yeah. From Memory, which is the story album. Well, it's, and, and, and like, it's, like we, it's interesting to see if this is going to be the something album again. Well, and, and, and like, like we've said, I think that, you know, it's it, a lot of the records that the, there was a good long stretch of them that were, kind of reactions to the one that came before so uh you know i i wonder if that comes into play here like do they go in there and just write a record from scratch and just no expectations no anything you know portnoy famously previously was you know each album had sort of like a concept behind it you know he had kind of like a direction like are they going to do that are they just going to write from scratch or are they going to be like okay well try and guess what people wanted to hear more of during the Mangini years and then trying to write to that standard, like how, wh what, what are they going to do? You well, know, that's going to be, it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, just go back to the point. I just said, like, forget about trying to be as good as images and words, just trying to be as good as, as the alien. I mean, shit, that that's, <laughs> is there going to be one song on there? That's that good. I mean, that that's a really damn high bar. If you ask me. Did yeah. Win a Grammy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that yeah. is a, insanely you know i mean john could relate like it's almost like a football analogy like a you know like the the NCAA, the transfer port like go get somebody you're not going to get somebody who's better than who's who's already here but that song was so damn good it's like and even just pick your favorite song on that album if you're a huge fan whatever it was like it's how's it going to beat that i mean that that's a tall order i i think i think the other question i think the other question is how long they can continue it you know how long how long can they continue this run? I mean, we've we we've heard some rumors about what they're going to do, and you know the the thing that I've heard a few times mentioned is, you know, one studio album, a live record, and out. 
And I, I, I just, I wonder if that is the case, you know, how, how that, how that, how that's going to work because it's like, I mean, if, if this thing is, if this thing is huge, I mean, you'd almost think they have to go back on that decision. You can't just like write a huge record. Like, okay, we're still, st- yeah, we're out. Like, you know, cause you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to make some money and you could go do it again. And so I, I just wonder how long they can keep it going. And, you know, James has been on record as saying that he can't sing the classic stuff the same way anymore. So, you know, for how long does he want to continue to go out there not being able to sing the stuff in, in a hey, way that he is most comfortable? They're going to do the kiss, the kiss out. The I kiss was about action. to say that. I was about to yeah, say. They're going to do the kiss time. action. I just read that the avatars are ready to go in 2027. <laughs> so, oh, so. So they're well, going to record, then they're going to tour, they're going to tour, and they're going to tour, and then they're going to do the Avatar Dream Theater. And Mike is going back to Winery Drugs and, and all the other stuff. And... <laughs> they, they, they don't need an Avatar for my young since he doesn't say or do anything anyway. Yeah. He doesn't still, age. He doesn't exactly matter. He can just keep exactly. going. He doesn't he age. He doesn't age. Right. He doesn't age at all. And he's just May I same. enter a counterpoint? No, but uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> well, with the Portnoy coming back and the classic band being as it was, does this give James the opportunity to take a bit of a risk and change his vocal approach to those classic songs? Well, I mean, I I think he he kind of has to. I mean, it's you know they're. I mean, are are they are they going to tune down all of a sudden? I mean, that would be. I mean, they did pull me under on the last run in that half step again, which yeah. sounded awesome. Yeah. And I think there's more room for them to be able to keep doing something like that because they've offered up the compromise of, okay, we have to tune down, but here's Portnoy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I... Here's your toss up. Like, here's your, like how high you're going to go or here's Portnoy. Like you have to weigh yeah. like, yeah. But I think the fans are going to be like, yes, we're back. We're fine. We, You can sing and, you know, go get make him a bass. We'll be fine. We don't need our tenor back. <laughs> make yeah. him a bass. <laughs> pull me under. Pull me under. <laughs> okay, maybe a baritone. We'll make him a baritone. Spoken word. Oh, yeah. well, another question. To rock opera at that point. Yeah. Another question I have for you guys. What, you mean um, I don't know how. Um, I love that, though. What do you what do you think the the um, concert attendance gonna change? You think it's gonna be an upswing like twenty five percent, thirty percent, fifty percent bigger venues? Oh, I think it's gonna get look like a vertical line if you. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's. I mean, put it this way. I, I'm I'm already hoping that it, that you know they don't tour too late in the year because we get so busy at work that I can't take time off. And I, okay. I'm, I'm buying a plane ticket I, wherever that first show back is, okay. which I, okay. which I still think is going to be New York city. Um, yeah, but probably. I I'm, I'm, I'm getting a plane ticket for Christ's sakes. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to go wherever that first show is. Yep. Cause I want, I want to be in the room when, you know, with that energy and I'll grab the tickets, brother. There you go. <laughs> Let's do it. Like just, I mean, we'll yeah. just Venmo you. It'll be fine. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, right. Seriously, that is that will be my GoFundMe when I yeah. find out where the first show is. Oh, yeah. Ka- Kale, get me on that plane. Get me to the first show. Australia all the time, Kale. You can see him whenever you want in Australia. 
But it's I not think, run, they haven't been here show. since fucking 2017. <laughs> I think in, in Germany they could they could headline Wacken. Really? That big? big? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. No I, shit. I think their their bump I think will be a lot bigger in the states. They're still pretty damn big everywhere else they play cuz the metal just Yeah, but I, is bigger, I, I you know. Yeah, they're big here. I think they don't have that met. But Wacken to headline Wacken obviously are a maiden headline, but I think if they return to Germany and they could headline Wacken. Yeah, I wow. think so. Yeah, that would be sweet. I think they could. Wow. I say it is entirely possible. Yeah. Could do a nice well, I mean, e- even in the states they're not going to John, I mean, let's let's be honest here. They're not they're not playing the 20,000, probably not even a what are we at? 5,000. That's the problem is around Cleveland we always say what is around here that's 5 to 7,000. There's nothing, right? You got to go into that place over in Youngstown, the Cavelli Center. Yeah, yeah, that's probably um, about that. That's probably about their max, I would say, unless you can get them like you know a few sold out shows at Radio City again or something. Maybe, maybe that's going to be the first show back, Radio City Music Hall. Oh my God! Then you could have been there twice. <laughs> you, you guys, don't you guys, start. Are, you, don't start. You, guys you guys are just jealous. <laughs> you guys are just jealous. That's all. Why am I jealous? I was there. We've talked about this. It's not talking into infinity. It's drinking into infinity. We're just trying to live up to the name. Well, trying to make everyone else live up to the name. This is <laughs> this is the extent of mine over here. So I, I do have another gorilla fart sitting here, and it's right go here. for it. <laughs> Score. You were hey, there, guys. Um, I'm gonna jump out, and it's almost three o'clock. Yeah, in Germany. Oh, so enough, I have mate. to catch some. I have to get catch some sleep. It was a pleasure um, being being on here. Really enjoyed it, and great yeah, to man. meet all of you. And happy to return anytime. Yeah, cool hanging out with you, Dad. Yeah. Awesome, <laughs> thanks, man. We'll, we'll have to get you back on sometime. We'll we'll do maybe Absolutely. Like, like a weekend where we can actually do it early, and that way it's yeah. not you know. The ass end of the morning Absolutely. for you. <laughs> so, you guys be well. Have a great Christmas, New Year's Eve, and stay and safe you, and healthy. You too, Bye-bye. man. Yeah. Take Bye-bye. it easy, Hennig. So there goes Hennig. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. I th- I think you know I I I wonder what sort of stories he could have told, you know, when he was talking about. You know, Mike, you know, being in a bad mood and that, you know, falling into infinity run and stuff. I'm really wondering, like, what other stuff he could have talked about. But, you know, like, where were they going to get the cheeseburgers from that he was jumping for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he wanted McDonald's. Wasn't it McDonald's? It was, was McDonald's or something. He just wanted cheeseburgers or some. Shit. Yeah. yeah, he threw a fit on the bus because they wouldn't stop off at McDonald's or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I still love that house fart story. That was really funny when I heard well, how that big one. is house fart? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh my god! Oh look who it is! It's JG three. What's up, man? Good to see you, buddy. It says hey guys. Hola. Happy, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate, all that good stuff. Is, isn't it a bitch, man? You don't know what to say. Like it. it you, you just. Feel- Say your thing, man. Say I say Merry thing. Christmas, and I have a friend who's Jewish. He says Happy Hanukkah. My sister-in-law has people who are still back in Africa. They say, you know, joyous Kwanzaa. You you say what you feel, and they say it back. And if you get offended, then 
that's on you because you suck. Yes, chastity. <laughs> I love it's it. It's the intention. It's the intention. And all these people are like, well, why are you going to say Merry Christmas? Maybe you don't. Like, that's what kid. I believe. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm the not going to go up to someone and be like, I don't personally celebrate Hanukkah, but if I know they do, I will return that. If I say Merry Christmas, they say Happy Hanukkah. I will wish them Happy Hanukkah back, but I'm not going to be like, I don't believe in that. You're a horrible person. You are inflicting your beliefs on me. I No. Take take the route I've been taking in retail lately. Someone says Merry Christmas is just like, and to you. Done. It's a very <laughs> safe bet. Isn't that how you answer when they say, may the force be with you? <laughs> and also with you. And also with you. <laughs> yeah. You just cover um, all the bases. Merry, happy Christmas, Kwanzaa. Yes. yes. There, there it is. There it is. Oh, my God. So That's a mouthful. <laughs> So we started saying that in high school when our teachers weren't allowed to say Merry Christmas anymore. So they would write it on the board, Merry Happy Christmas Kwanzaa. So it just stuck. I'm sure other people do it, but it started like for me in my high school. We just wrote it on all the boards. Christmas Kwanzaa. That's awesome. So, can, all right. Can we get your brother to make me up a shirt that says that for next year? <laughs> a AJ can make any shirt. And I, we, we, we do officially have the Chewbacca shirt. The, the oh, Chewbacca's oh, family oh. shirt yes. with rashy discharge and crappy on it. So <laughs> it looks amazing. So, uh, so, and for you, you who don't know what we're talking about, please go over and watch the Nerf Herder Council. <laughs> it, well, and I'm sure you guys didn't see this, but I actually introed the show saying Nerf Herder Council today. I blew the intro within like a sentence. So, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's good. Nice work, dickhead. <laughs> so, you know, but, uh, all right, so Portnoy comes back. Is it like going around the round table. What is one song like you have to hear? Like what what I'll start I'll start with you Brian. I'll go last. But uh you know, Portnoy's back. What is Jeez. one song you really hope is in the set list? You really start with me? <laughs> yeah. Uh I got to go off of systematic chaos. I got to get nightmare to remember. I know we just got it now, not not that long ago. Was it with the um let me just in words? Clouds, that's, that's black clouds, yeah. dude. Black clouds. Oh, sorry, black clouds. That song too. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know what though? Yeah, let's go Dark Eternal Night then. All right, that's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. What about you, Sean? Lines in the sand. Oh, I like it. All right. All right. Kale, what about you? Oh, uh, ooh. Hard one. Probably Metropolis. Or Overture 1928. Ooh, Overture. Okay, interesting. Uh, Robert, what about you? Oh, boy. Um, I have, like, a couple. I I'm, I'm refraining to say one of them to start uh, a war. Uh, <laughs> Jacques Varium? Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. We, we, made, we made a deal with Brian. We wouldn't bring it up too much. We wouldn't, we wouldn't I be know, nice. Was, I was trying Brian. to be like... <laughs> yeah. Leave studio or, or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's the one from what's the instrumental from Train of Thought? Uh, Stream of Consciousness. Of Consciousness. Yeah, that that 11 would be minutes is amazing. I would oh, do yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Wow. I'll okay. take that. Hell yeah. I'm I'm cheesing out. I want my favorite song. I'm going Trial of Tears. I, you know, especially, especially if they're doing the half step thing, then they've already got the guitar for it. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry. Chugga chugga ba. I want to say uh, constant motion, but we got lucky and got that pretty recently. That was like a huge win. That would be a good one. Yeah, but that we was just almost got ten it. years ago. So yeah, it was yeah. A, it was quite a while ago. Look at we still got it. 
Tom Cullen, repentance. Go away, Tom. Tom Cut Cullen. Shit out. Is that Cut your that real name? <laughs> Please tell me that's not your real name. Cut that shit out. All right. So, so JG, JG3 wants to know if he can join this thing. Uh, yes. Get JG, in just, here, dude. Sh shoot us an email, uh, talkingintoinfinity at gmail.com so that I have your email address, and then I will shoot a link over. And then you just click it. You go in the green room. We'll bring you on. So we're talking about Portnoy and Presley Portnoy is very excited. He keeps barking every time no. we talk. About it. <laughs> Just hearing his own name. He's like me go outside or go lay down. He's like, every time he's barking, I keep muting myself every time. he barks. <laughs> look at, look at Jay. This Jay, this is not, this is not clout. He says for clout, I might be the only person who's seen repentance live. Don't come to us with your problems. <laughs> I went to Shattered Fortress. I've seen it live as well. Doesn't make it any better. <laughs> See, we, we we know that Portnoy watched the uh, episode that we did when he you know when he came back, um, and I just I hope I hope he doesn't hear hear us talking poorly about that. So I just he's like, yeah, I'm never going on that show. They crapped on repentance. <laughs> like, sorry, man. <laughs> Watch that be like his if, if favorite he's... song to ever hear or perform or anything, and he's like, no. Nope. Y'all hate it. I'm coming. Yeah, you guys are a bunch of a holes. Screw your show. He's trying to get us pulled out, like banned and all that stuff. He's he's, he's got to know at this point when we actually don't hate it that much. We uh we just like to have a bit of a meme. Yes, exactly. Ali Studio says, "How's it going, guys? Rock on. Good to see you, man. Thank you for checking out the show." Um, yeah, this. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a conversation at this point. It's kind of been done to death, but I just I. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Portnoy coming back, and I I'll be very interested to see, you know, that when we when we start getting some news because we, you know we know he's back and we've heard nothing. So I mean, the band is you know radio silent, and you know Portnoy himself hasn't even said anything about you know, okay, well, you know we're doing this, we're doing that. Here's the plan. So I mean, we we really know nothing. So I'm wondering when we're going to get our first bit of, you know, news out of the band. I mean, you you would think it would have to be something pretty soon, no? They're doing a Christmas album right now that's going to come out next Christmas. <laughs> that's nice. the word on the street. It's called Mike's Back. You're welcome. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I like I say, I, I'm really hoping that, you know, the tour is like summertime. Because if it's if it's not summertime, like if it's later in the year, I don't know what the hell I'm going to be able to do. Because right. we get oh god, it, dude, we get so damn busy that oh, oops, you came down with some sort of sickness. Just make something up. Oh, oh wow! That's, yeah, I, I wish, man. <laughs> that's disturbing. I wish. <laughs> I feel it was both. <laughs> Just get All down right. to fitness. Dude, I, th I think we're almost a year away because this stuff is booking up so far in advance now. I don't think they're going to be able to get a tour in by summer. I think everything's booked. I, I think it would be end of the year at least at the earliest, end of 24. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, my department's cool enough. I'm like, look, guys, here's what I got to do. They'll be like, go, go, go. So um, I've been waiting 13 years. I'm going back. <laughs> yeah, I did. It, it's, you know, the, the concert attendance thing is going to be interesting. You know, is it for me? It's like you you know that it, it's going to pack out, but is it is it going to stay? But where I, do you think it's going to be in the city? Because you've been to a you've you've been to that uh, the basement of MSG, 
you've been to um uh radio city were you at any of the beacon shows i was not okay all right so so they've done the beacon they've done well roseland that that was standing room only so it doesn't count we want to talk like big cedars like the beacon theater um where the Does hell were they actual like main arena of msg count with the iron maiden no, no, no. that counts but that's not that's more of a uh like we're opening for 45 minutes yeah uh, kind of thing where i mean sure but i mean i'm just saying like as far as like a dream theater headlining night yeah 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 no, they, like sure. they did two nights in a row at the beacon they they did two times at radio city which i think probably would be the place if it's not does, that other uh, place. radio city hold how many does that hold a lot but i don't know the exact number uh <laughs> I think, more, <laughs> I think it's more than Sean Beacon. Faust talking into infinity. <laughs> yeah. I've got all the numbers for you. Um, I think it's 6,013. It's 6,013. 6, 6, yeah. uh, did you just make that up? No, I, 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 I could have looked at another tab. All right. So it'd probably be they were Beacon. So I if they hope. did that twice, they did 12. Okay. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm not. I'm not Yours picturing the, the big, the, as big of a bump as you guys are. I'm thinking more in the 20 percent range. I don't know. Could be way off. Well, here. I I think they start. Smaller. I think I think they'll Bacon be selling out again. Way. Yeah, they definitely will. All right. So Ali's studio says, "What are you guys looking forward to hearing from the new Dream Theater album?" Music. Yeah. Well, I mean, Doug McCauley. It was his music. Yeah. Um, I think I there's going to be some drums and yeah. some bass, some guitar, maybe some keyboards. I've heard they might be experimenting mm. a bit with that one. I, I don't want to hear the fourth song. There's probably going to be some guy singing over it. <laughs> they might have a guitarist in there sometimes. Poor Ali's studio, man. All the sarcasm flowing up from an, an, an innocuous question. And an He's... abundance of beards. Yes. Well, I, think, well, I mean, to be serious, yeah. we talked about the heaviness, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit heavier. Um, back to some serious, some train of thought kind of vibes with Portnoy back, probably. That's probably I what I'm that. expecting, you know. I could see that. I mean, Ali Studio says I'm I'm hoping there'll be some seven string stuff. Um, I mean, Portnoy's or, or excuse me, Petrucci is always busting out the seven string, so I think that's, you know, I think that's a given. Hopefully, uh, Doug McCauley says you're likely to get some eight string action. That that one will nah. be interesting to see. Please no. I I, I don't. Uh, where do, where do you guys stand on Awaken the Master? Like yeah. yay nay like, yeah. I, I I I thought he used it well. I I thought it was a cool song. Um, it just it did sound a little weird with how with how damn low it was. It was something you know. It was very unique for a Dream Theater song. Honestly, I thought he would have used it a little bit more on that song because it really was only, you know, that main riff and then you know a little part of the rest of it, it was. But it, it, so he didn't really go overboard with that. So I can't, that song only exists for that guitar as well. Yeah, I know. So, but hey, you know, maybe Doug's right. Maybe he'll he'll do that so that he can use the guitar more. <laughs> like, it's like I got to get more use out of this damn thing. I made it. Like, Ali Studio says, "Awaken the Master" is a great song. Yeah, I mean, that it, it's going to be so interesting to see what carries over from the from the Mangini stuff. You know, I mean, is is this going to sound like strictly like a Portnoy era album or are they going to actually be kind of is it going to be like a combination or, 
you know, I, I'm wondering how that writing is going to go. I would love to know, has Portnoy sat down and actually listened to every album Mangini was on, like front to back? Has he actually yeah. done that? Has he done that? I mean, that that's such a... I have no idea. I don't. I don't think he has. I I think right now you would have to. You know, I mean, it's okay. Well, let's say he does. What does he What does he think of it? Well, he I... has to learn breaking all illusions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he's just gonna play learning to live while Dream Theater play. <laughs> 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 he he, ref he refuses to play it. Just plays his own song yeah. over the top of it. It's like mine is cooler. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think there's gonna be what four Mangini songs maybe in the in the new tour. Probably, new, probably no more than that, huh? Probably so Alien. Yeah, I was gonna say Alien three. should be on there. I'd mm. I'd definitely like to hear Pale Blue Dot. That'd be a good one. Well, well yeah. you can like to hear it. I doubt they pull that out. <laughs> Uh, Tom Cullen says, I'm wondering if they're going to have a writing recording session like Distance Over Time. Uh, Yonder Barn, yeah, Cabin in the Woods Isolation. Um, Tom, I don't think they're going to do that because they invested all that money in DTHQ. So I think yeah. I think they're going to hole up in there because it's, you know, look at Jay, for the love of God. <laughs> JG3, what do I email again? Talkingintoinfinity at gmail.com. Uh yeah, I, I, yeah, Tom. I don't, I don't think they're going to do that because they would have to pay for that, and they've got their own studio for a reason now. So I think, you know, they, they may hold up in there, and do that. But I don't, I don't, I don't know about DTHQ. I don't know if you can, if they can, like, you know, spend the night and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't think it's one of those types of things. But um, they're dream theater. They'll just pay people. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, ex exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, it, man, it's 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 definitely going to be it's definitely going to be interesting. Again, I. I, I I'm thinking it's going to be super energetic. I I think it's going to be, you know, like 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 the the kind of frenetic stuff on. I I think we're going to get a record of extremes. You know what I mean? Like I I think you're going to have like the crazy frenetic stuff, like Panic Attack and and you know things like that. And then you're going to have like some really beautiful mellow moments. And it's like I don't think there's going to be much middle of the road. I, Weird I thing think, is, I would have thought if you were going to get an album of extremes, it would have been done with Mangini. Ah, uh, <laughs> I see you did. <laughs> Play on words. Look at that. All right. I deserve that. I deserve that. He just annihilated us on that one. And the audible <laughs> eye rolls from the other five people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Although I can't really eye roll, I got to be careful that I, I actually strained an eye muscle eye rolling at the Star Wars holiday special so so badly. That's a did you real watch thing. the whole thing? Oh God! Unfortunately, I did. Stir whip, stir whip, whip whip. Oh, stir. oh it's so uh, good. No, I literally, I literally strained a muscle in my left eye. Oh come on, man! You know it's better than Revenge of the Sith. Eat a dick. And Sean Faust has just been excommunicated. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. exactly. And banned from chat. <laughs> banned from the chat. Yeah. God's going to start just banning. Banned from show. Banned from I, I felt that it was missing Purgles. That would have made it even better. Wrong show. We're not discussing Purgles. I know, I know. I know. I know. They do. They do. Damn you. I love you. Oh, my God. So. Let me get my beater. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my account. That, there's no way they're gonna play four four Mangini songs on that tour. I, I'm gonna to say two. 
What do you think they're going to be? Because because they're only going to play what most of the time they only play about twelve songs because the songs are so long, right? Twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Well, it depends uh, so, if we're going evening with or if we're going yeah, if they, back yeah. to that two-hour format. I, I don't think James. I don't think James can do uh, a three-hour show. Honestly, I don't think that's good. Stick a stream of consciousness in there. Give him a ten-minute break. He'll be fine. I think yeah. the most they could probably play would be what? What do you think, John? About about two hours total, maybe a little over. Yeah, I I think I you know that's two uh, well, two ten or something maybe. Yeah. We could just stick lots of instrumentals and then we'll just stretch it out and give him more chance to like, you know, do the like uh breath spray like the chloroset. Yeah. Go that's back right. to the jams, man. Well, yeah, well, and that's that's the thing. Like if I if I had hope for anything, I you know, I like the 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 rotating set lists. I like changing it up and whatnot. And I and I understand that, you know, they the, the video show was synced up and everything, so they kind of had to, you know, do it the way that they, they've been doing it. But I'm I'm with you, Kale. Like I kind of miss, you know, the show not being on reels. You know what I mean? Like I, I I really like when they just kind of go off into like a jam session and stuff like that. And I think, you know, with James, you know, like I said, he you know he said he he, he can't sing the old stuff like he used to. Like those jams give him a little bit more of a break to keep him fresh. So I I think you know just from from that standpoint, I think it'd be it'd be smart for them to do it that way. Um, JG3, I emailed you the link. So all I got to do is click that link and you'll show up in the green room and then we can bring you in here. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I would like that, Kale. Um, yeah. So, so let, let's, let's see. Only two songs from the Mangini era. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. Uh, I want Our New World because I love that oh, song. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I really, I, really like that song. Yeah. I'd say um, that and that and Alien. A- alien yeah probably um as much as we joke about breaking all illusions that might be a good one because it is so popular oh i mean it's I- such a classic it was an instant classic everybody uh, brian this is your first this is your favorite dream theater record yeah. correct the first time you heard that song were you like man this is like that was yeah. the instant classic for you right i I love it but i don't know i, I feel like that some of those older ones i think are going to get big time ignored I, I don't know just because they're just limited on time yeah, I mean, but see, and and I I think the thing that they have to do though is you know with with the Portnoy records they can they can do deep cuts, you know because everyone you know is there for that like but I think if you're pulling from the Mangini stuff you have to do the high spots. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I, agree. I, I, I don't I don't, think I don't think... going to be that many of them. That's all. No, but I I completely agree with you. Um, I I, mean, I will say, I'll be shocked if if they don't play any of them. Um, that would be kind of crazy to me if they didn't. He's already said that he would. He's like, there's 13 years without me. Of course, I'm open to doing that stuff. Yeah. Well, and I especially they claim is. Well, I mean, but I mean, that's the kind of person that Portnoy is, though. He likes doing all that stuff. You know, he, he is like music historian guy. And, you know, he and so now that it's happening in his own band, you know, I don't think he's going to ignore you know the all of the all of the Mangini stuff. I don't think there's any way that they. I don't think they can. You know that's kind of that's kind of shitty to, you know, no, say. I don't, hey, we I, did I, this I, don't, I don't even think it's on purpose. It's just a time thing, you know. So I will set the over and under at three. So who says who says over and who says under? <laughs> or who says well, let, let's let's see what JG three has to say. What's up, man? How's it going? I won't set the over and under at three. Oh, he's on a he's on a big delay with oh, us. Look at this guy. On delay. Wow. Echo. 
Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good to meet you. Yeah, man. Yeah, 15 <laughs> second delay. 15 second delay. That's how mine was. It's like watching a stream or something. I know. Wait up. Hold on. Let's see. Is it something to is it something to do with my audio? Yeah, we can hear your audio coming through your computer. Oh, oh, you know what? No, I figured it out. It's because I still have my phone next to me. There you go. Is that oh, there now? Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. All so, right. Are, sorry. All right. Good. So, all right. So, are you? So, what do you think? Two or three Mangini songs in the new li set list when Portnoy and the band hits the road. <sighs> you know. I really think it's not going to be many. I, I don't think it's going to be many. I think maybe they're going to convince him maybe to do two, maybe three. And I think it has to do with not just the whole fact that he wasn't a part of the music. I really don't know if I really don't know at this stage of his career, if he can actually pull off some of the stuff Mangini does. I mean, Mangini's pretty good. Well, and that's I think I think that's a good point. That is something to wow. consider. Is good the take. I didn't is, think of that. Yeah, the the technical prowess required. Like Portnoy is a beast. We all know that. But some of the stuff, you know, to your point, Jay, that that Mangini did, you're like, what in God's name is that? There yeah. are songs that I could see them doing. Like a great one would be "Along for the Ride." I could see. Portnoy doing like his own little twist kind of Rush-esque. Um, it would be his own twist. It wouldn't be exactly like Mangini. In a way, actually, would prefer his own style on that kind of a song. Or like Transcending Time, those kind of songs. Yeah. I see them pulling out those kind of songs and definitely Breaking All Illusions because I think that's probably considered the classic of the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, you, you know what's it's funny? Along, along for the ride, you, you would have swore that, that, was a, that you would have swore that was a Portnoy song because of that kind of Beatlesy feel. Oh yeah, yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like I would never in a million years think that that that's a Mangini as opposed to a Portnoy, if you didn't know the difference going in. Yeah, especially around that time they were doing the flying colors stuff, which was very similar in style to what that they were doing on that song. So yeah, you're right. I just I. I the interesting thing to me is going to be what the Mangini stuff sounds like with Portnoy playing it, you know, because because Mangini is more of like a technician's drummer, whereas Portnoy's got that kind of rock feel to him, you know, even though it is prog and all that stuff. So I wonder what infusing the Portnoy style into those Mangini songs is going to sound like. So I don't know if you talked about this, but Portnoy had put up this video on youtube about him playing pull me under and it's kind of his first real introduction is hi i'm mike portnoy drummer from dream theater it's kind yeah. of cool here again yeah oh and, yeah his yeah. drumio or drumio yeah however you say it yeah yeah and in that he says you know i've never played to a click track you know i've always set the tempo of the songs and he also said during it that we played pull me under thousands of times before and we're probably going to play it thousands of times still i i mean that's probably you know they're probably not <laughs> going to play it thousands of times more yeah but it definitely sounds like they're probably going to abandon the click track and they're probably going to play pull me under 
maybe downtuned, but they'll they'll definitely still play. Well, yeah. the, the the click track thing is interesting because you know I, they were doing that because you know I think we've all you know heard the rumors of them piping in some backing vocals. So are they going to not do that now that you've got Portnoy back in the band and he's you know a more accomplished singer than he was previously? I, I mean, think they're done with that. I think they're done with that. I think with Portnoy being back in the band, I think Portnoy really likes the live element of the show. And John Petrucci couldn't really do all the backing vocals, all the harmonies that they were doing on the album. So I understood. I actually really liked it on the Along for the Ride tour and early on in the Mangini era where you could still hear Petrucci's voice. You could still hear the harmonies that they were piping in that were the additional harmonies. And you could hear James very clearly. But then it slowly became where Petrucci was kind of just like, you know, up there. (laughs) I mean, not lip syncing. I'm sure he was actually singing, but his mic was so low that you just literally could not hear it. And... I don't know. I mean, I really liked it on the last tour, the Dream Sonic tour, where I could hear him again. I mean, he's he's not a bad backing vocalist. You know, he's not like a world beater, no. but he's not bad. No, I, I completely agree with that, man. Uh, Al- Alex Neal, interesting. He says, uh, I think the alien and breaking all illusions will go down in history as two of the all time great Dream Theater songs. Um that kind of begs a question. Where do you guys think that the Mangini stuff is going to end up in the Dream Theater legacy? I personally, I kind of feel like it's going to end up being like it's it, like a Star Wars type of situation with like the prequels where when they came out, they were kind of like, you know, they were divisive and, you know, it took it took a while. You know, fans were very divided. But now that a bunch of years have passed, um, you know, <laughs> people are suck. like, oh, yeah. Eat my ass, Brian. What are you <laughs> That's what doing? I was going to say. Well, they, they have to release um, something really bad for these well, to go way up. Yeah. In but no, it's like, you know, people now are like, okay, like, I really like these movies. Like, you know, get when, when you're removed from them for several years, you kind of look back with a different appreciation. I kind of feel like the port the, or the Mangini stuff is going to be like that. What do you guys think? Don't everybody talk at once. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want, I'll continue talking. I got opinions. I'll there keep you go. shouting them out. Been I mean, I really like a view from the top of the world. I think it's actually like a top five album for me. And distance over time, I think, is right there with it. Um, you know, I think those are really, really good albums where they finally got the production right. They finally got Mangini's drum sound right i mean on the self-titled album his drum sound is i don't know what they were doing i don't know what they were trying to do on that album that whole the album snare is off it sounds terrible <laughs> I, synthetic yeah and i mean dramatic turn of events has has some really good stuff on it i mean it's got to build me up break me down on it which is probably about uh seven minutes too long um <laughs> Gonna but, get the doghouse with Brian with that. <laughs> but I mean, it's got bridges in the sky, which originally was going to be called Shaman's Trance, and yeah. I think that's a better name for it because then the album could have been called Bridges in the Sky, and it would have fit nicely with the album artwork. And you know, they they, they messed yeah. up there. That would have been a cool album title. I'll give you that. Yeah, well, they, they messed up there. All right, so Bane, even if Bridges in the Sky was kept by that same name. 
Would have been a tow truck. Would have been a good tow truck. Yeah. I like Shaman's trance. Doug Especially McCauley says, starts out, I like that. Doug McCauley says, I'm totally stoked for Portnoy harmonies. The only thing missing the last 13 years. Yeah, he, he does add a vocal element to things, which I think is going to be kind of cool. Um, you know, again, especially because, you know, he's been, you know, singing more for the last 13 years. So he's more accomplished <laughs> than he was. But, you know, uh, Robert, what do you think? Where, where do you where do you think the Mangini stuff is going to land in terms of, you know, its legacy within the Dream Theater catalog? Oh, I have no clue. It's definitely going to be divisive. Like if if fans were already like on the fence with like uh, the first two albums, the Astonishing is just going to be like, bam, 50-50, <laughs> which it already has. But it's honestly like uh, now you got me calling the album Bridges in the Sky. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Dramatic turn of events. That one was like good, but it wasn't really Mangini playing since like the drumming tracks were already a a thing. But like it kind of kept progressively better. Like, you know, the astonishing was, you know, the astonishing as much as I love it. I'm like, yeah, but it's just telling a tale. But going to like you know distance over time at was like great then uh view from the top of the world was just flat down like one of the best things mangini area wise that i've ever like listened to and so going from like that back to like portnoy style is going to be very different but i'm honestly kind of excited to see what it's going to be like what about you chastity where do you where do you think the mangini stuff is landing in terms of the legacy of the band i think so I'm the Harry Potter nerd. Give me like Dream Theater and Harry Potter, and I'm fine. <laughs> I'm super into Harry Potter, man. I, I I've said it like I'm I'm with you there. I, I got hooked. So you're talking about how it's going to be divisive, and I think you have like the films versus the movies, and then you have the Cursed Child, which I think yeah. there's going to be some things from the Mangini area that they're going to treat like the Cursed Child. There are going to be people that are going to be like, this is what Dream Theater should have been. This needs to be in there. We need to have it all the time. And then you're going to have the people that look at it and go, no, yes, it exists. It's Dream Theater, but we're going to put it over there and it can stay over there. Because even there's some songs, doesn't matter who it is, that you look at it and go, I don't know. doesn't matter what band it is. They could be... And there's always one song that everyone will look at and go, do we want that as their top 10 hit? <laughs> That's right. Room 137 think... has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like But that. I think there's going to be some songs that are going to be like the cursed child where the majority, or not the majority, but some people are going to say, we don't want this listed as it. We accept that people like it, but... We'll put it this way. I recognize the council has made a decision, but given that it's a dumbass decision, I've elected to ignore it. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Well played. So there are some songs like The Alien that are going to stay in their repertoire. I think they should stay in there because, yes, it was a Grammy winning song. They were nominated before that. They've been nominated three times, but they won with The Alien. So that needs to stay there. But not everything needs to be brought up in forefront and made to say here portnoy now you have to learn how to play these yes you're going to put your own spin but here you go you can have these and now you have to do it yeah kale what do you think where do do you think the mangini stuff is going to you know benefit of hindsight i I don't know it's it's i think it's only a matter of time you know (laughs) I, i i feel like for a lot of fans it 
still going to be rounded out on the bottom end of things with when Dream and Day Unite and the astonishing as kind of the bastard children. And then I think that Dramatic Turn and Distance Over Time is going to be in a lot of people's upper pantheon. So I don't think trying to divide it into, you know, his Man Genie's albums as a whole is going to leave the proper data for what the legacy is going to be like. I think each album is, as they are now, taken as a very separate entity, which they should be. And we'll see how fans like it when we're up to the end of the road. Sean. Which could be soon. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I hate that rumor kid. so much. That's such oh, a stop yeah. rumor. Stop it. <laughs> like, there's the one yeah. percent that you have to look at it. Go, they're in their fifties and sixties, and like, Root is was born in fifty-seven. Like, they're not twenty anymore. The Stones, yeah, are, Mick Jagger, is still running. I didn't around say on they were stopping. Like, I'm just saying, like, out. they're not going to be out there. You know, they play different music. Stage diving. Oh, I know, but anymore. <laughs> yeah, Dream Theater plays good music, and the Rolling Stones play shit. There's Nobody said that. <laughs> I did. I did. I hate I was the like, Rolling hey. Stones. I was like, I, I hate I, the I, Rolling I, Stones. That's exactly the point. You've still got the Rolling Stones. You've still got Iron Maiden. I mean, yeah, Bruce was it. only yeah. born the year after Jordan so, Rudin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just out. saying, when people are saying, oh, let's pull back exactly the same thing, they don't know necessarily if they have the same energy they did at Berkeley. No, I, they ever really energy, had much energy on stage. Jay, Jay, I was just about to say that. Like, I think, well, I even think, like studio wise. Well, <laughs> see, I don't know, Chastity, because like I think you know, I'll 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 bring up distance over time. I I think to me, that was a record like that w- had an old school feel to me. It was it was new Dream Theater, but it was. It was energetic. It had that quality to it. It was like, ah, damn, you know. But I think, but I, I also think that record was a product of the environment in which it was created. And those of us on, you know, on here that are musicians that have played in a band know that writing a song over the internet and like sh- file sharing with people is never as good as when you get in a room with like three or four other dudes and start bashing it out at full volume. It just, it can't, there's, there's an energy that that is lacking. And I think on distance over time, I think the reason that that one stands out as the best Mangini record is because they did spend, you know, a month Wait, or two at Yonder. <laughs> look, look at this live show guy over here. <laughs> like, um, start working on an album? Hey, I, I've, I've got my guitar over here. I'm, I, I actually, I actually have it. It's, it's working and I am, I'm actually, I got the John Petrucci plugin. So I've been screwing yeah. around with, with the Petrucci plugin. It's a lot don't of fun. Don't start threatening people. Give me like 30 <laughs> seconds. I'll be right back. I've got yeah. craziness. Oh boy. Like Brian's family. Um, <laughs> why is this? Is my camera on? It says I'm in the stream with audio only. Yeah, I said that for me. Yeah, you're, 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 you're there. I can see you. Yeah, what did you do? Unfortunately, I, we could we could still see yeah, you. I didn't touch yeah. it. <laughs> but no, like I mean, I I think with distance over time, it's got that certain energy to it because they did sit in a room and just start, you know, banging ideas off each other. Um, and I, I think it shows. I'll say with the age thing, and and John, we talked about this before because I, I just turned forty-seven, and I told you. <laughs> No, kidding aside, but I, I told you before that, like, I, I know that I have a sort of a finite time of just, you know, and I just play crappy, you know, cover songs on piano just for the hell of it and do 
fart jokes and stuff on stage and do a little, <laughs> a little bit of rock covers too here and there. But I, I know there's a finite time. Like, I don't think anybody wants to see me up there doing that when I'm 60. So I have like a five-year window. So I think these guys are probably looking at it the same way. Like, we probably have a three- to five-year window. Let's milk it for all we can, touring-wise. Do one album, see how it does. Uh, I think the rumor was, John, that Aiken had said that, you know, probably a live album again. Um, you know, just, yeah. just see, see. I think it's more like do that first album, get on the road, see how good it goes, say how good it feels, and say, and hell with it. If it feels great and you're up for it, do it second, you know, do another album. But I'd, I'd say do it quickly because they're not getting any younger. Well, I didn't start the age thing. I'm going off what James said when <laughs> in Utah when he was there. He goes, I can't run the same way I was running around effing 30 years ago. I can't do that shit anymore. And he made this this comment and because he's right. like, you know, 20 years ago, I'd have been losing my mind at this, this and this. And so he's admitting it that he's like, I can't run around like a crazy person on the stage anymore. But yeah, no, no, agreed. That, that's that was my point. It is. It's a finite thing. So, yeah. you know, get, do it now and, and do it the way the best way you can, you know, just tailor the set. If you got to tune down a half step, you know, do whatever you got to do to to do it now, because, you know, they're not going to be able to do it in 10 years. So, <laughs> yeah, I think they need to do it for everyone, not just James. Like they need to. I liked the idea on the dramatic tour of events where they did the little acoustic section. Because oh, you yeah. need to give yeah. each band member a break at some point yeah. or another. You need to do maybe a little acoustic section, maybe do one or two or three instrumentals or like a drum solo or a guitar solo. And, and then maybe way, like, bring it into yeah. that. You could do, um, John, what's the one I'm thinking of off of um, Scenes from a Memory? Uh, scenes from a Memory? Through Her Eyes. And yeah, through through her eyes, yeah. Yeah. Through her eyes, yeah. But they've got the drum machine. Then you'd still got a song going on. And you've got Mike having a break. Yeah, it's just just to give everybody a break throughout the night because that has got to be really difficult to do night in and night out. And I really think this whole thing with Portnoy coming back to the band, I think, well... I mean, this is just speculation, but I do think it's because somebody wants to retire. I think it's because somebody wants to retire and they're get they're like putting out a time frame of, all right, in five years, I want us to be retired. But this is how I want the band to finish. That's just I could, my speculation. I, I could see that. I mean, and it sucks, you know, because, yeah. you know, I mean, you see you see all these other bands that, you know, I mean. I'll just say it, there's a lot of shit bands that are that are playing into their 70s and stuff, and you're just like, man, why can't my favorite band do that? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, yes, it's awful right well, now. Well, they they will be if it's five years. You know, Jordan's six sixty seven, so yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It's like, I, I, I it just for for me it sucks because I I'll never get Van Halen again. You know, that whole thing is very sad. You know, that's why I I think one of the reasons that I like wolfgang van halen so much is because it is first of all i love the music but second of all it's like my last you know him and sammy hagar like i'll always go to see their shows because it's like my last kind of tie to my favorite band and with dream theater i mean if they were to stop too it'd be like son of a bitch man like it's just it's you know it's kind of a it's 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 a sad kind of a thing i i think i just yeah you know 
Um, Address that question. Is anyone expecting Ali Studio, an instrumental song from DT? I- I'm actually not. Only because yeah. they they just, you know, the last nah. LTE album is not that old, and he did uh, Petrucci's solo album, so I don't think they need to do that. No. Being the reason they're back together. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep. Chad Stevermer, uh, good to see you, man. He says, Iron Maiden is not a shit band. How dare you? I did not say it, Iron no Maiden. No one said they were. I, I didn't do that. they're a bit older. Yeah. Doug McCauley says Metallica isn't shit. Lars Ulrich is fucking terrible. <laughs> Lars Ulrich absolutely Dude, is shit. Is I don't care now. Yeah, I I He's do awful. not. I don't care what Doug, Mike Portnoy didn't... says. All these drummers are having to having to defend him because he needs to be defended because he's he's terrible he is terrible i mean that that new record would be really i mean i i like the new record 72 seasons but if it if, if he would do some interesting drumming on there that would be a, an awesome record instead he's doing his he's goddamn acdc shit going to it's it's 71 seasons too long is, is the biggest part of <laughs> right all right so i have a i have a question for you guys D- doug mccauley brought this up and i was going to ask you guys anyway so doug mccauley says trigger warning portnoy would have never let the astonishing happen or at least made it a hell of a lot better well first of all for disrespecting the astonishing you're now banned from the chat um Yes. Well, you number triggered one. John. That works. Yeah. No, no, number number one, I, I think he would have let it happen because, you know, as a concept record, I, I think he's into that sort of idea. And I, I think it was to me, it's like the most dream theater thing they've done in, in a very, very long time, you know, in an, in an era when, you know, music is disposable and everything. Quit rolling your eyes, Sean. Uh, <laughs> um, like in an era where music is considered disposable and people are just releasing singles and EPs and stuff, you know, Dream Theater releases a double concept record. Like that is like the most progressive thing it's, ever. It's even beyond that. They they did a musical, if you want to look at it. Like yeah. They, they pretty much said, okay, here's a musical. We've never done this before. Once again, going into the territory of, hey, we've uh, we've never done this before. Let's try this kind of thing. Yeah. And as, as much of a failure as it was, it's still something different that they got to do. And I'm kidding about the failure for the Astonish shit. But it's, I don't know if... Um, no. Are you, you seriously <laughs> called the Astonish shit? So no, all the time. That's, that's that. his name for this. There. <laughs> Wait, oh, did I say the... Oh, that's not what I meant to say. I, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Right. Sure, okay. I, I meant to say the Astonish shit. So, <laughs> it's, no, no, Portnoy, I, I think Portnoy would have let it, it happen. It, it would have been, but it would have been, had more of a who vibe to it. It would have had that rock and roll, like Tommy, like Tommy the musical vibe to it, instead of Tommy the rock opera, which are completely different things. But they still, they set out there to do something completely different and they completely succeeded uh, whether or not it was good, it's up to John. John can decide for the rest of us if it was a good album or not. No, let's not do that. <laughs> and uh, I loved, I loved the Peter Ravrolian book, and it actually made me appreciate yeah. the album even more. Yeah. Well, that, that was that was so that was that was my question going going around the horn. Um, you know, the, the, obviously that's the last album that we have to deep dive, and Robert Husted will be doing that with Brian and I. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I love it personally. I love it. I know it's it's you know it's. That is the album Dream Theater fans battle over. Um, personally, I love it. I completely love it. I, I you know, I, I think it's a really cool concept. I, I thought the story was, you know, that, like 
to me the story was interesting because it was it was it was Petrucci being pissed off at the current state of affairs in music. He rewrote twenty one twelve, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Right? I, I don't have to say it again. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much. Except somebody stand, except somebody murders their brothers. That's the only. All right, all right. So it's twenty one twelve meets Game of Thrones. <laughs> Yeah, well, but the, yeah, but okay. Here's another hot take. If it was, if it was, if it was rewriting twenty one twelve, they redid it with vocals you could actually tolerate. Uh, getting oh, the, oh. the whole the whole John, time you've getting, been banned from the, the chat. Yes. Oh, dude, that, John I'm, has been banned from the chat. <laughs> banned in my own show. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So Brian, like, let's let's go around and and, and th thoughts on the astonishing. I mean, we haven't we haven't done a deep dive yet, Brian. But where where do you land on this one? Oh God, we're rehashing this again. Um, <laughs> we haven't talked about it. Just in passing, every yeah, time here it and there. I, I don't think I don't think Portnoy would have allowed it. I still to this day think it's the borderline Petrucci solo album with Rudess doing the majority of the music. I, I still don't think it's a dream theater album. Okay, Sean. Uh, although, uh, given the name that you keep using for it. I think we already know where you stand. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't hate it at all, to be honest. It's it's one of those where, hey, I feel like listening to Dream Theater, but I've played all these out today. Let me put on something different, and it's usually like that. I'll pop it on, and I do enjoy it when it's on. But when it's over, I'm kind of like, oh, all right, you know, I just listened to something pretty cool. Like there was the sabotage song that's on there that's very sabotage, and Our New World is a perfect tune, man. I love that yep. song. Uh, there's there's a lot of great stuff on it. It's just as a whole, it doesn't do it for me. But I still applaud them for accomplishing something completely different. Chastity, your thoughts on the astonishing? I like it. There's a couple songs on there that remind me of a book series by Brandon Sanderson, the Mistborn series. That they're very. Um, not what's the word I want for being held down, repressed and different things. And my husband listened to it and he goes, is this just the Mistborn soundtrack? Like <laughs> Instead of having, you know, Alamancy powers, they have music. Is this just musical Mistborn? Which is good. We, lo we love this series. And I'm like, it could be. And so I like it. I like that you can follow the story straight through. Okay. Robert, I know you're a fan. So uh, your thoughts. Yep. Uh, dude, this is one of I think this is the album that like came out when I first got into it. That like they came out with it that everyone was like, yeah. But like honestly, just listening to it like straight through, which that's what people complain about. Like you know, to honestly actually enjoy it. Like there's some songs here and there that like are epic by itself. Like uh, uh, Kravish went blank. Uh, Moment of betrayal. That's a good one. I can't think of the other one in Act One, but I yeah, I just I just love it. And then also like just reading the book too would just maybe be like oh man this story is so cool except for the part where there was no sword uh fight during in the book and that made me a little upset not gonna lie that was that was a little anomaly there i thought yeah, yeah. um all right kale the astonishing your thoughts not only do i think portnoy would have let it happen i think he'd have gone further with it mm. really yeah i think if portnoy was in the band you now have two more voices in the band that actually sing because you know Petrucci wasn't really singing as much on the records without Portnoy there but I feel like it would not be all James doing his me singing every character 
I think we actually would have ended up with something along the lines of an Arion or an Avantasia album. I think Portnoy would have taken, I don't know, maybe Darius or someone like that. Portnoy could have been Nefarious and then do like what they did with the Our New World single, grab maybe not necessarily Lizzie, Lizzie Hale, but, you know, Christina Scabia, someone they're close to to play those roles, I think it actually could have been a way different album because I think Portno would have pushed that kind of idea. Okay. I See, I don't know how that would have worked, though, because if they're going on tour and doing the whole record, I, I think then it would have been kind of weird to not have those voices, you know? I think that would have been yeah, kind of... Yeah, I agree. But I, I don't know they would have toured it quite the same way they did. Okay. All right. Uh, Jay. I, I think if they had, that's something else they could have done in the New York area, quite frankly. True. True. <laughs> yeah. It, Chad Stevens says, Kale's reading the chat. Yeah. Like he, he did mention, like, it would be good if it was an Arian album. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's right in there. Uh, Jay. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. He, he mentioned it, you know. Yeah. He, he if, said, yeah. But, if um, it was more like what Kale had said. I think it might have been a better record, but it would have been an even more divisive record. Um, especially if there was a bunch of different vocals. I think people tune into Dream Theater to mostly hear James sing. Uh, mostly, I mean, I do like the record. I do not like the production on the record. There are a lot of times where I'd rather hear the orchestra, the choir a little bit more. There are actually mistakes on the record. <laughs> There's a song, The X Factor, where like James is like, take an evening to decide. <laughs> and there's like this pause right in this like center of it that you can never unhear. You'll never unhear it now that I just told you. Why, but... why are you doing that, Jay? Why are you doing that shit to us, Jay? <laughs> Can you can you, can you and, sing that sing that sing that again real quick? No. Oh, here we go. No. No. Yeah, don't trust him, Jay. Don't trust him. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Like I like I, said, I love the record. I just I I was really surprised it didn't get more love. Like I figured that's a very dream theater thing to do. And you know, I mean, you know, Doug McCauley says most of the tracks are barely songs. Like yeah, I mean they're you know, it's it's one giant piece chopped up into little bits. Granted, but I, I you know I, I still thought it was cool. It was like oh my god, this is- noise man on a machine. <laughs> what do you think of those tracks? You know, Sean. It was a better album without them. You know, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> it's part of the story. Okay. It's is part it? of the story. Yeah, a minute and a half. Not ah! really, though, is it? I'm glad the book explained what that bullshit was. You already knew what they were. The damn Nomax. It said it in the liner notes. There were Good liner Lord. Notes? You, you of all people didn't get that. Come on. It's like there's notes to this? There were liner notes? Yes, it explained things in the what? liner notes in, a, in an age of digital releases. No, that was I a smart idea, wasn't it? It was. I miss those though. I miss having like the notes about it when you buy the actual album, having everything in there. Oh, I have. I have the. I got a European import. It's it's thick, man. It's like that. Yeah. See, I remember everything. Oh, I miss it. 
you take it out. It's got the actual lyrics in it. Now it's just like, thanks, random record company. Nobody cares. Tell me what you're singing. Yeah. I want to know what you're saying. Well, I, I mean, that, that, Google it. See, and that's the thing. Like I, like I collect like vinyl to frame and put on my wall of like my favorite records. And I'm never sure if I should open them or not before I frame them. I, Cause I keep them in the plastic, like, but I kind of want to see the interior. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still so torn. Like I opened my, 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 uh, my copy of, of, of mammoth Two, the new Wolfgang record, because I bought a signed copy. So I'm like, I had to see, cause he, he was, he was actually personalizing some of the, the interior, like the liner, like with like doodles and shit. And I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta see if I got one of the doodles. So I had to open that one, but and you did not. Yeah. No doodle. Look at this. So okay, so Brian, why are you texting he's ignoring me? You. No, Brian's texting me instead of putting it in the private chat. He says he's he's about to leave. He said I got I got a book, guys, because I'm I'm taking off early tomorrow. I gotta do Christmas with the wife. So uh happy Ex- Christmas, everybody. Twelve Merry dogs at Christmas, Christmas sale. Merry yeah, this one, I have Merry not. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not a Christmas ale fan, actually. Okay. I'm not. I'm not either. But this I love isn't bad, man. Sale. I don't think we even sell that. Thirsty Dog Brewing. So it's 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 huge over here, kid. The, the only one that I like. Um. There's a there's an Akron brewery called Hop and Frog that makes one that's like a frosted sugar cookie Christmas ale, and that one is actually pretty good. Yeah. This is uh eight point three, so it's got some kick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's got to taste delicious. Hey guys, well, seriously though, cheers! Thanks Brian, for like an sorry. awesome twenty-three. Brian, cheers to you, Gorilla Fart number two. I love you, man. Another great year of the show. All right, we'll check up with you guys next year. Everybody have a great holiday. All right. Oh, that's so. You awful. Do the same, man. <laughs> I love Chase. Peace, John. Oh, nice. It's a fox. Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh... you, know, you know what I used to have? Does anybody remember Craig Ferguson? Yeah, uh-huh. he was the yeah. Irish. Lit. He used to have the snake coffee mug, and one of oh, my yeah. Best friends, yeah, one of my best friends bought it for me, and I lost it in one of my moves, and I'm very upset that I don't have it. But I love that cup. It's very. If you've never seen it, like look it up. Just Craig Ferguson snake mug. Why did it have to be snakes? Yeah, why did it have to be snakes? Yeah, Sean. Sean, I know. I know you got to get going here pretty soon too. But, I do. Uh, yeah, definitely coming up here soon. We'll get together and we're gonna watch Dial of Destiny together. Oh, uh, dude, I just watched it again the other day. And it's it just, it's it, so what good. a piece of shit on the small there screen. I'll tell you that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I loved yeah, it again. Yeah. Dude, there I love go. it. Ooh, there it is. Kel's just on it. I Thanks, hate snakes, Kel. I hate them. <laughs> um, we should do that. I didn't injure this. You go first. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> whole, whole other topic, but I'll tell you, man. Give give him hell, Indiana Jones, and the taxi scene. Just I crack up every single time, man. What a great film! If you haven't seen uh, Indiana Jones and the Pick of Destiny, you should do it. The Pick of Destiny, because <laughs> uh, it's the that time. Would have been a very Okay, um, okay. Pick of Destiny is is wildly overrated. As oh my as, god, as I'm with you a million percent oh, on that. Yeah. Not a good movie. Not a yeah, good movie at all. It's a disappointment for sure. Jack it, Black, it's got like one good song. Well, and ja- and Sorry. Jack Black, I just feel like he tries way Sorry. too hard. Like it's he's not funny. Like he just I'm is not gonna go that far. You're wrong well, there, he, but I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a little far, John. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's school of look, rock is literally the story of my on, life. It's Jack Black, and sure, that's a good movie. You okay. know, speaking of Kale's life, 
I want to tell you, everybody, um, Lines of Conviction has a new song out called Little Guy. And those lyrics, I've been going through some stuff lately. I won't get into it here. Some of you are aware. And man, that song came out. And I wake up in the morning, scrolling through my phone. I see Lines of Conviction, Little Guy, lyric video. I'm like, I'm going to listen to this. It's the first thing I heard when I woke up. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this song is talking to me. And um, I, I immediately emailed Kale. And I think everybody should check out Lines of Conviction because that song is just goddamn beautiful. Thanks, man. Dude, it check is it what out, it man. is, man. Right on. Actually, being that we are on a Dream Theater podcast, did you notice that I may have accidentally ripped off Portnoy right at the start there? <laughs> I shall neither confirm nor deny. Go, go and listen to the opening <laughs> fill. I, I worked this out the other day. Literally, the the first couple of bars of my drumming straight lifted from Spirit Carries On. I was like, whoops. Yeah, I'm sure you were like, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, whoops, whoops hope nobody notices that. Oops. Inspiration corner. Whoops. That's all. Inspiration corner. Nice. Yep. There you go. Right on, dude. I mean, it literally was, but like the second I heard that back to back, it's like, might have stolen a thing there and it kind of worked. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> Wait, I just thought we have a whole bunch of uh, wall lyrics. Oh, can I tell a very quick, very cool story about Mike Portnoy and the wall? Yeah, I go will. for it. Yes. So I when when he they first announced that he was doing the wall roger waters right couldn't get tickets it was very expensive to go see the show um you know i live in the philly area so i was really disappointed really wanted to go see it and i went on his forum a lot at the time the for if anybody remembers the mike portnoy forums and so hung for it <laughs> <laughs> so i think it was like a night or two before the show one of the moderators posted and said, Mike had tickets. Him and his wife were going to go to the show, but he was stuck in Europe on tour. Did anybody want the tickets? They would just be at face value. And I was like, absolutely. Me and my dad would go. I got the tickets. Nice. We, nice. Yeah. We went nice. to go see the show. It was amazing. I mean, the show was amazing. And there was even a little like letter written, I think, by his wife or something in there. But I misplaced it over the years. It was just like, have fun at the show or something. And uh, it was really cool. Without it, I wouldn't have been able to go see the show. Me and my dad had a great time. Where were your seats? They were, they were actually perfect seats because they weren't too close. To where you couldn't see the whole production of the show but they weren't far enough away that you missed like the intimacy of the show right i mean right, they really right. were like perfect first night i was right under the plane yeah that like, was so I, cool. I like looked the up beginning. i'm like oh shit, ah, that's so plane, cool. second night was a bit further back but i got to get more of the show i went to both nights at izod up here in uh okay New cool but dude man it was a show. That I didn't get was, any. I mean, oh, yeah. I didn't get any of the intimacy that you did, but I, I got, you know, an exploding plane above my head that could have hurt a bunch of people, yeah. which would have been made for a better show. <laughs> is this is this the part where I say that I really can't stand Pink Floyd? But this is the part where we ignore you and keep talking about Pink Floyd. <laughs> I can tell you about another concert. I just want to see Tool recently for the first better time. Album it was great. Oh, God. Tool's another one. Oh, if yeah, that... They're fantastic. They're amazing. They're a great band, bro. God, you... They were so good. Two rocks. All right. Overrated. 
Overrated. Without uh, 46 and 2, there would be no home. That is very true. That, is I true. Mean, that was actually the yeah. encore that they played that night. That Ugh. was what they played 46 and 2. Actually, most of the set list was there really wasn't a lot of hits. It was mostly Fear Inoculum. The new the newer album was like five or six songs off of that. Then they and played they end Rosetta Stone. They played, and then I think Intolerance, The Grudge. Well, I'm ruining it if anybody's going to see Tulsha. But they they <laughs> yeah, do change up the set list, it, yeah. I think. But it was uh, it was really good. Um, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, it looks like a good set this year. I just I have a I have a problem with Maynard with his stupid. I'm going to wear like riot gear and be in the back corner of the stage in the dark. Like, stop it! I, I, I I'm. It. It see, was a good vibe. Yeah, really I like to it. see his ugly mug. So I cannot get into, I cannot get into guys that are like weird for the sake of being weird. Like it's you know, like like for example, like I, I sat through Dillinger Escape Plan on Gigantour, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is cool." I'm like, no, they're playing discordant chords. There's a reason it's called discordant because it sounds like shit. You're not being original. You're writing crap. Okay, like. It's it it's it's not good. Like stop. No, no. I think okay, but I'm, I'm going to go back on your point style. there of weird for the sake of being weird. What if he is actually just weird? It's it's just trying too hard. You don't wear riot gear on stage. You don't go sit in the back, hide from every. Like it's just dumb. Yeah, John, have you, you ever James Keenan? Just out of curiosity, have you ever seen him? <laughs> huh? Have you ever seen Tool live? Oh, I can't stand Tool. But ha- have you ever seen them live? No, I mean, I've seen videos, but I don't, I don't like the band. I don't like the music. It's not even... He, from I mean, a start- vocalist perspective, even though he's not in, in the front of the stage, I will say he definitely gives a really good frontman performance for a person who's actually technically not at the front of the stage. You know, because he, he never leaves the stage during the instrumental parts. He's always kind of like... I don't know. It's just it's a cool vibe. The way it goes with the whole show and everything. I really I really enjoyed it. Of course he doesn't leave the stage. It's hard to move in that goddamn riot gear. <laughs> he wasn't wearing the riot gear. <laughs> I don't know. He was wearing like some vest or something. Yeah, it, it's just it's just one of those bands like all and, and it, it it's it's crazy because like all of my friends love that band. And I just I've tried listening. I'm like, dude, I don't get it. Like, I just, I don't. I mean, Chastity Robert, like, when are you guys in the tool at all? Like, Justin Chancellor. Oh, that I got people that are. So good. I know people yeah. that are super into him. I have a friend who's got the eye on her forearm. And when she's got it, she's got white ink underneath it. So when she flexes, it looks like the eye moves. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'll, 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 give you a, I'll give you a great band that does tool better. Can't okay. Carnival, Carnival. Okay, that, there's a Fresh band. We have Tool better than Tool. <laughs> okay. They're a right. first band, so I, I I stick by them because they're. I thought you were going to say like a perfect circle or something. That's Ooh. what I thought I was going to say. <laughs> there's well, another one. Circle is pretty great, but not nah, Carnival all the way. Yeah. All right, Chad Stevermer says, give Maynard a break. He has anxiety issues, and being in the back helps him manage that. Not everyone is an outgoing person. I don't. I don't have to give him credit for that. If you, you know, people it's it, you know, it's like people do not go in bands. You yeah. can give him the acknowledgement that that's why he does it. You don't have to like it, but you can give the here's your, 
you're like, okay, good. You gave me information. There you go. Yeah. It just, it's like, it's like, you know, when Kurt Cobain would bitch about being famous, well then don't put your music out. Like you, you made the choice. Like it's, that's Actually, part of, it's part of the deal. Like if, you know, not, uh, not only should outgoing people probably not be front men, but they also probably shouldn't do it three times over. Well, and see, I think that's the thing. If like, okay, he's got anxiety. He wants to be in the back. Okay, fine. Like, Okay, I, I get that. But like you just said, well, why do you keep doing it over and over and over and over? If because it's, if it's, it's an outlet. Crippling. It's an outlet, dude. It's an outlet. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm anxiety ridden twenty four seven. No, no, I get that. But like, so say it's kind of like you can go back to Portnoy on this. Like, there are things that he did with Transatlantic that he couldn't do with Dream Theater, which I kind of call bullshit on because if you listen to Octavarium, the song, there's a lot of Transatlantic vibe to it. Not oh, trying to start a fight so. with the with Chastity. I'm just yeah. saying, like, musically, I'm, I'm there's keeping my, I'm keeping no, no, I know. Brian, no, I'm being a good kid. <laughs> I mean, Brian's no. not on, so we can start about it. Yeah, but I mean, we're not saying you already yeah. schooled me within five minutes. You're like, well, you know, the lyrics are kind of like, I'm like, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, like, we're, we're beyond this now. You were right. I was wrong. Um, <laughs> but it's, but there's that whole thing where, like, he's outgoing, but like, when I was doing money for the toll full time, I still wanted to do the acoustic thing, which is something I couldn't do with the heavy prog thing. So like it was something to go out and do. And like, dude, my anxiety on a scale of one to 10 is probably somewhere around the 97, 98 on a good day and getting on the stage, especially now that like Maynard can find this, like, like this thing, this gimmick to go on stage with where like, people that don't know any better go ooh, that's mysterious and like they buy into that bullshit cool like let them do it but like it's sometimes it's just an outlet to like hey let me get these thoughts down let me get this anxiety out in any way i can and fortunately for him he's got a forum where like he gets paid to do that lucky fuck <laughs> right Very and cool. he's a great singer I think he's well, okay. a great singer. It's and thank you for coming to my voice. TED Talk about uh, mental health and yeah. accepting and, it. And yeah. here's my uh, I appreciate yes. step down yes. now. I'm going to step down now, yes. See, and, and, and JD point. Dude. He sings some songs. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Jay, Jay, I will give, like, so the thing, like, I may not like Tool, but, I mean, he is a great singer. And, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, I mean, obviously you got Danny Carey in that band, Adam Jones, like, like, I mean, they're, they're a great band talent-wise all the way around. I, it's just it's not my thing it's they're one of those bands that's like hugely popular and it's just not my thing like you know like i, I crapped on the rolling stones earlier i'm like i i don't get it and, and you know keith richards you know sits there and talks crap about other guitar players i'm like dude you're a hack like what you know you're a hack so shut the fuck up man it's like it's it's one of the reasons that i hate bush is because gavin rossdale i read years ago in, in guitar world he was crapping on all these really good guitar players so i'm like who that. the hell are you glycerine is nothing but power chords man i can play that and i'm not good like don't be making fun of other you know i can vouch I mean for both of those things <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> nice Nice. Oh, 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 oh. oh my god. With gosh. with tons and tons of love and respect and admiration. That's amazing. That's I, amazing. I love, heard it. Steel I love it. You were running you were running on the kill there, so yep. yep. Hey, I, I, I deserve it. I deserve it. No, you um, don't, you don't, you don't. No, it's dude. Look, my new year's resolution is to not be a dick to you. You've never been a dick to me, dude. There, there's a very big difference between busting balls and being a dick. You're not being hurtful, it's funny. 
Oh, then I got to try harder. My New Year's resolution is to try harder and be a dick to you. (laughs) Discuss Metal Joe. My good buddy Joseph Fred says, John plays bass. That's the joke. I play bass guitar and drums. I play bass guitar, drums, piano, and I sing. I'm multi-instrumental. I'm just... Not that great at any of it. Are you a jack of all <laughs> so trades? Trades one master of none. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You do I mean, one I, more than I can. Uh, dude, it's yeah. <laughs> See, Doug McCauley. He's right. He says Keith Richards doesn't even know the three chords he knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so oh, grateful. Man. I didn't have water in my mouth. <laughs> Ch- Ch- Chad Steve Irmer. Chad Steve Rimmer is like going to hate me because he's been against every every take of mine all night long. He says, Keith Richards is not a hack guitar player. What the fuck? He's one of the best rhythm guitar players ever written. Some of the most iconic riffs in history. I, I don't care. He's not a good player. I can name a hundred plus players that are better than him. And it, it, you're a dick. If you start calling people out and saying they suck when you can't do what they can do. You know what I mean? Like just fucking <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah. You should say that out loud. Do it. Yeah. DJ Khaled, better guitarist than Keith Richards? <laughs> nice. Maybe. No. Have you ever no, seen the video? Yeah. Just, it's just no. not it's not yeah. great, man. It's, I saw the Stones live a few years Marley. ago. It's awesome. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite videos. Yeah, no, I no, he's just I I I will die on that soapbox. I'm like, dude, you're not you're not great now. I mean, it, it, in chat, it's it's kind of like talking about Jimmy Page. Like, is Jimmy Page one of the greatest songwriters and rhythm guitar players ever? Yeah. Is he one of yeah. the sloppiest lead guitar players you've ever heard? Hell yeah. No. But it works. Kale's <laughs> gonna bite John. What? What about Slash? What? 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 Is is Jimmy Page one of the sloppiest lead guitar players ever known? No. Slash. <laughs> if you think Slash is sloppier than Jimmy Page, you and I might have to end our friendship. Dude, he kind is... of is, man. Do you ever watch a live show from 1991? Okay, dude. He was he was he was guzzling like like a oh, gallon of vodka every oh, day. Oh, 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 oh. We're not oh, asking about the oh, why. Oh, We're asking about the, the end result. Unlike well, James Keenan. He doesn't care about the why for tool, but he cares right. about the why right. for Oh, let's defend the guy that I like. Oh, no, I like this guy. Let's defend him. Okay, look. drinking. Dude, look. Where's the bear? I just want to poke it. Go (laughs) on that one. Because I've I've seen I've seen Slash a whole bunch of times on his solo stuff the last several years. Steph, like like Eddie Van Halen for me, Slash, that's that's my wife, Steph. That's that's her dude. And he's awesome. And it's, you know. Nobody is saying that he's not awesome. No one's saying he's bad. I'm just saying that he is sloppy, and I think it's intentional. He's not sloppier than Jimmy Page. No chance in hell. No. You you got to watch some of those shows from the Illusions Tour, bro. Um, How does this matter? It does because it's there. It's right there on film. The audio is there. You can hear it. How does it not matter? Because it's a guy that you like. No, Don't because be he's not as evidence sloppy as Jimmy Page. Look, Saul, <laughs> <Okay>. no evidence. <laughs> yeah, right? no, Saul dude, will forgive you. Saul will back. forgive you. Oh, yeah, Doug McCauley says he says Jimmy Page is a one take wonder. He gets worse the more takes <laughs> he does. Yeah, dude, I'm dude. Sean, he Slash is a tighter lead player than Jimmy Page. It's just it's fact. Even back in in Jimmy Page's heyday in the seventies, he was sloppy as shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he Heartbreaker, Living, Loving, Made that solo in the middle was like, like what the heck, you know? 
like he's got feel and stuff, but it's like it, the slop takes away from it because you, you notice the slop. <laughs> Dude, you know, you should quote that the slop <laughs> takes away from it. If, well, if you didn't know what guitarist you were talking yeah. about, you that, yeah. that really sounds like the, <laughs> Jimmy Page. That's the tagline for Two Girls One Cup, right there. Oh, it's oh. away from it. Oh my God, dude. That okay? That that that. You 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 you've just completely derailed this without. Well, one I totally reference. went off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I'm just talking about John's opinions. And how Wait, I gotta like say one more thing cup. about Tool. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So the opener for Tool, there was a band. So I asked um, my friend who who's a massive Tool fan. Uh, she was the one who uh, wanted me to go with her originally because I like Tool, but I had never seen them live. And I was like, oh, who's the opener? And she's like, oh, it's this like one one man act or something, Steel Beans. And I was like thinking, oh, OK, an acoustic guitarist or keyboardist or something. This guy plays the drums the guitar and sings all at the same time and he has a keyboard is set up right on like the drums too it is the wildest thing like a rig or how's he doing that so i was trying to figure it out and i and i think the way he's kind of doing it is his one hand he's using to hit the drums he's strumming with like his middle finger while he's holding the drumstick like this I'm not sure exactly. I tried to get a better look on like a pro shot video, but he opened every up. part of that just sounds painful. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's, but it's, ve- it was very impressive. Like watching the whole thing. I was like, like I, you know, I don't know how this guy's actually doing this, but there is actually some pro shot footage where I think he opened up for tenacious D. So he's kind of like, you know, he's got a name out there, I guess. His music's okay. I mean, it's not, you know, it it was more impressive than it was that I liked the music. It kind of sounded, the, the music itself sounded kind of dated, like 70s dated, not in a good way. Oh, but it man, was impressive. What, what else are you going to be able to do with one finger? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the that's kind of the issue is he's really just very limited by what he can do. But, you know, the fact that he could play a whole set and... It sounded really good. You know, he didn't really make any mistakes at all. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. (laughs) All right. Slips. Steel beans. John will hate it. (laughs) Hey, you know what? We love to hate stuff. Look. (laughs) Here, we'll give you something John will like. We were going through, we're listening to, we're listening to the whole catalog and getting all into it. My husband goes, I found my favorite album and I found my favorite song. Okay. 20 hour, 20 hours. Falling into infinity, Annalee. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. He's like, you, know, you have to tell him at the hangout. You have to tell him at the hangout. Because such an underrated song. Hell yeah. It's all right, it's He's all like, right. this is my favorite song out of you know, and this was before I had counted the majesty demos into their catalog. He goes, 18 hours. This is my favorite song. And I was like, John. I will tell John. I have to ask you, like, are you serious? Do you with the falling into infinity thing? Are you serious? Like, you not me? Do you like really jam out to that thing? Is that something you jam out to in your in your car? What falling (laughs) into infinity? No, uh, well, specifically, you not me. Oh, that song's cool, dude! I love the whole record because because for me, 
I respect it. Falling into infinity to me is like it's a dream theater record, but it's got a jam ish, loose ish kind of feel to it. You know what I mean? I like a lot of stuff on it. I think there is a combination of the double disc with the demos that I think is better than the end result that ended up. On you or me TV. is much better than you, not me. Correct. I, w- I mean, I would have just gotten rid of that song altogether and put maybe. I need some pencils. Um, <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> Delayed reaction. It took, t- yeah. it took me. A, it took me a second. Um. Yeah. Raise the knife. But then maybe. I mean, they were really trying to, I guess, push that. You know, more uh, radio friendly kind of thing at the at that time. But the production on that record is. I think the best on any Dream Theater album. Thank Hell you. Yes. Thank you. I, I got to be honest. I got to be honest. My favorite song didn't make the album. Oh, what is it? Way it used to be. Oh, I man. Song. I love that song. That's, a, love that that's song. on the Hollow Years CD single. Yeah, Chance yeah, that's a great song. Chance oh, Stevenson yeah. says the demos from Falling Into Infinity are way better than was actually released. Depends on the song. Depends on the okay. song. I, guys, one, I'm, one second. I'm I, just going to be in the background here. <laughs> I'm I'm going to disagree. Like, I I mean I, I can hear I can hear why they're demos and why they weren't on the record. Like, no, I, stop, I just, stop, 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 stop. You, you're making Falling Into Infinity a double album. This is what we're doing. Look at it like this, John. There's there's no like, oh, we're taking this off the album. You you or me is better than you, not me. And then Burning My Soul, uh, Hell's Kitchen, Lines in the Sand, way better album version. Um, but, you know, just, just it's okay. And Hollow Years album version is better. But, I've actually got something you might like to say, Jim. Okay. Yeah. Let's see it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, look at that. Cool. Oh, look at Sorry. that. Cool. By it's <laughs> signed by Dave Mustaine. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much is the exact same signature, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. But it's the Japanese one, so I've also got the um, Burning My Soul with Hell's Kitchen Live and Killing Hand from that tour as well. So. Oh, that's the five-song version? They yeah, played, the five-song yeah. version. Yeah. They put Killing Hand on the Falling Into Infinity tour? No uh, shit. No, it's the, it like the Christmas break before it. Yeah, they did that on the fix for 96. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's great. Great bootleg. If you're yeah, you know I, that Birch Hill show. I was I was at that show. Uh, John, have you been to any recorded Dream Theater shows? <laughs> I'm not doing Actually, it. Didn't, didn't you. I just bring that one? Look out. at Robert. He's um, just, Robert's just like, hey, it's been. I've like, been to like, score, two, baby. I've been to score. Yeah, there we go. Drink out there. I was and at? drinking into infinity. Only two and a half right. hours. Oh shit! This. I was at Joseph Frog. Hi, everybody. 2009. Love it. You were at the what? The recorded version for Prog Nation 2009 with Repentance that they played. Oh, at Terminal 5? At Terminal gonna, 5. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was almost there, but yeah. Okay, so you, you were there. Okay. May uh, I ask the question, what the hell is the Dark Nintendo Night all about? It's amazing. That's great, yeah. Oh, my God. I, 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 was... I completely forgot about that. Dark the Nintendo what? Night is the bomb. Yeah. Have you guys all was... seen Dark Nintendo Night? Was that like the encore did, break did, or did, what? Oh, dude. Dude, Robert, you have to look up the Dark Nintendo Night. It's like the Dark Eternal Night, but done to like Mario music and stuff. Oh, my God. It's amazing. 
that's the kind of stuff i mean not to cool. knock on man genie but that's the kind of stuff i really loved when port i was in the band that they i all the time i will completely agree with you on that you know it's not against man genie Hi, it's just something it's not something he did wrong it's just later sean man Portnoy. Okay, guys. Uh, see you sean peace see you, i love you guys happy um Merry Christmas. Merry happy Christmas. I put it in the chat so you could read it. I know, it. but I have now I gotta scroll up. Let me find this. Hold on. Merry happy Christmas Quanta High School. Even reading it didn't help. Well, anyway, right, much thank love you. Ready? Have a good one. I love you, brother. Thank you. All right, so back on topic. <laughs> what, what was the topic? Dark oh, Nintendo, Nintendo Night. Night. I was like, wait, there's a topic? Oh, yeah. That's what oh, I was just... thinking. I was like, which one? <laughs> Where was I? Yeah. <laughs> John, I'm listening to it now. This thing slams. Dude, it's amazing, it is. isn't it? Lost it at the yeah, it Where was I? <laughs> oh, it's so good. They Robert, it's it during so the good. intermission. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was. Oh, uh, uh, and the graphics, like with the, where they did the graphics with it too. Oh, it was so yeah. damn good. So damn good. All right, so Joe, you jumped on to get my back on something. Absolutely, I I felt bad that everybody was attacking your opinion about rhythm guitarists and talking shit about technically superior players. So, I just had to show up with a cocktail in case you said score. <laughs> I, I i'm almost at the at the refill point myself i'm I'm surprised it's it's two and a half hours in and i i, I finally need a refill did you finally. know we're two years off the 40th anniversary so maybe they'll do score two uh no. i would be there i would be there that would be I, astonishing is that another drink <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i think that's because it's future tense it doesn't count for the shots yeah that's you know, right. I was. Does that mean he owes us a shot then? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you go, you owe us a shot. I can do that. I, I was. I was supposed to be at an Anthrax live taping too, and they changed it like really soon before we went. It was in Chicago. It was with the uh, when they first reunited with Joey Belladonna, and it was at the Chicago House of Blues. And uh, AJ and I, my brother, went, and we we're like, "Hell yeah, dude! We're gonna be, we're gonna be like." you know, on, on camera and stuff. Cause we were, you know, we got right up front and everything. And it was, and a couple of days before they added another uh, tour date and they're like, yeah, we're actually going to film it at, at, in Sarahville, New Jersey. I was like, damn it. So I don't think that footage ever came out though. No, it did. It did. Yeah. It's, it's the live, the, the it's, what the hell is it called? I don't know if it's called a lot, something like that, but yeah, it did come out. It was like the early two thousands. And, um, and it's probably a good thing too, because he and I got really drunk. Like we we were at this, we were at our hotel, and, and we had I think one fifty one, and you know we were like, all right, let's let's save money and we'll just buy one bottle, make it strong, and oh god, we were we were we were pretty we were pretty well off. <laughs> like, I was up front, and I started getting a headache. I was like, oh, this ain't good, but thankfully I I'd brought some brought some aspirin, I was eating aspirin up in the front row. Like, <laughs> okay, cool, but yeah. So I was almost at another live taping. So there you go. Oh no! What button? What button, Jay? What button am I pressing? Oh, yeah. I was asking oh, if I, I can press the share button. 
Oh, Joe, if you oh, do, that you can definitely do. Yeah. What are we sharing? Oh, don't worry. It won't get you banned from YouTube. Yeah, please uh, don't. Uh, uh, immediately. He's <laughs> yeah. yeah. gonna get us taken down like our Serenity watch along. No. Oh, yeah. Although that was pretty it solid. Won't be a headline. All right, we do. Oh, good. there we go. So no one saw it. Here there we go. Is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it turns into Portnoy. You got to get the audio going. Oh, you want, you want no me to crank, crank it up? You crank sure? it. Heck yeah. Okay. You asked for it. Octavary, yum, yum. Out of the blackness, chaos. The last of the prophets, sinister. Inflicting monstrous sight. This is so good, man. <laughs> I, I, I love have it never seen this before. Dude, spoiler alert, at the end, when they find James, he goes, Whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's the best. I, I, you notice how, like, all the all the tubes are, are drums? Drum heads, yeah. I know. You got, you got Jordan, Jordan throwing all the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they this is just brilliant. Mashups are fun. Came up with this. We're all just like. This was actually done by, uh, I think his name was, Lob Van Dam or something. He was the guy on the <laughs> mic I remember when he did this. Dude, the best was like, the, the audio stopped, but like when he was doing all the coins, that was the dead, 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 like. <laughs> Oh my god! It's oh, so John, weird. I had to I had to kill the audio because if if we just do straight Mario, you're gonna get kicked. <laughs> right. Oh my god! We're gonna yeah. have a season from Dream Theater and Nintendo. I don't know. <laughs> and I YouTube. I think I think Dream Theater would like us playing that. That's that's kick ass, man. I, I'm with you guys. I I think I think that that's something that I think it'll be cool if they can bring those sorts of things back. You know. Like yeah. You okay. Know. Ho hopefully they do do Octavarium then, just so I can see that maze animation. Yeah. Yes. I wonder if they can get the actual artist back that did the, you know, the Dark Eternal Night and Octavarium. That'd be cool to like revisit that actual style. That'd be pretty badass. You mean Hugh Sign? No, no, no. That he was, he was, he did the cover art, but the guy oh, who actually like the, the animation artist. Yeah, the animation artist. Gotcha. Yep, Doug McCauley says, "Oh, it's Dream Theater and Eight Bit, not in Eight Bit. Yeah, it's it's a combination. It's it's really really cool." <laughs> Chad I mean, Steve Rimmer, someone had too much time on their hands. Yeah, but it is all to our benefit, Chad. <laughs> like that. We're, we're Dream Theater fans. What else were we going to do? I mean, it's what <laughs> fans do, right? Back in the day when my brother decided he wanted to make custom Wolfenstein 3D maps, I said, "Well, it's going to be the background music." He wanted corn. I'm like, "Well, that's going to take a while, but." I'll get yeah. my MIDI going. <laughs> if it doesn't exist, we will make it. Yes. And if you tell us to cease and desist, then we it just will end up on archive.org. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll just keep it for ourselves. Like my hoodie or my fleece blanket that I'm making myself. That's when we start the bootleg trade. Oh, no. Yes. And you know what? You know, here, here's, another, here's another thing that I hope they bring back. I, I, I don't want to like love the band love them to death i have not been overly impressed with the merchandise selections on the last two tours like I, yeah. there's and there's less on the website 
Like, there's not it wasn't a lot there. Didn't get to say it. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Can, can we just address that real quick, Kale? Every goddamn Dream Theater post I see on Facebook, your comment pops up, and it's like, "Hey, when you come into Australia," I'm like, "Kale, they're not reading it. It's not happening. Stop it." <laughs> not every post. It is every post. Every other. It is every post. You poor bastard. It's every now and then. It costs too much. They played there on the Black Clouds tour. You know, that very, very short tour. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like extremely short. That that was actually when Kyle's. I'm not surprised I don't come here anymore. (laughs) I was pretty confident something was going to happen in the band. Either Pornoy was going to leave or the band was going to break up or something because Black Clouds charted at number six on the billboard and they basically didn't even tour it. So I was, that, I was pretty certain there was something up. How weird was that? Like, I mean, Brian and I saw them. It was um, it was in July of of that of 2010, because we were here in Cleveland. We were dealing with the whole LeBron James is, you know, is he going to stay in Cleveland thing? And we were watching news about it at a bar down in Columbus because we were uh, it, it was like one of only four headliners. They did that year it was a place called the Newport in Columbus, Ohio. And. I was so shocked. I was like, they they didn't do a proper headliner for that record. And, you know, Rich Wilson mentioned it in, you know, Lifting Shadows, that incredible biography that he wrote. Um, You know, the band was like at an all time high in terms of popularity. You know, like they were opening for Iron Maiden, playing all these big venues and stuff. And it's like, man, oh, man. Like, it's just like it sucked that it had to end when it did with Portnoy because they were, you know, getting to that whole nother level. And it's just what, what awful timing talk about popping the balloon, man. Like I'll, I'll never forget going to see the band on uh, the dramatic turn tour here in Cleveland. And number one, when they started, I was like, wait a minute, it's still daylight out. Like what, wait, are they going on? And like, there's a whole bunch of people like getting food or merch and all of a sudden, like we hear the intro tape, and all these people start bum rushing. They're like, "Shit, dude! I didn't think they'd be starting this early." And then, and then I was looking around, and it was only like two thirds full. And I was like, "I can't even believe this! Like, new album, new drummer. Like, wow, okay." And to the point, I, I've told the story on the show, but like, you know, when they were doing their final bow, James grabbed the mic before he walked off stage, and said, "Hey, next time, tell your friends." And I was like, Ooh, man. "Oh, wow, yeah, so, John." Was- I remember you telling that story the first time. The first time you told me that story, sometimes. and I and, <laughs> yeah. I and I just kept asking myself, when did it turn around? When did the band start to really start to see the turnout again? Because when you say Dream Theater to me, it doesn't matter what year it is. I'm expecting that building to be full. Yeah, I know they definitely didn't do well in Australia on the Black Clouds tour because they did two nights at um Palais in St Kilda, and they ended up selling second night tickets for like half price if you were there for night one because it wasn't Mm. selling but wasn't it a big venue if i because i remember seeing like the bootleg or something from it it's on youtube it's like it was actually a pretty big venue palais is not for dream theater huge huge it's pretty big but it's not huge i guess some some i mean some countries are different when it comes to dream theater that they yeah you know like the chili concert the infamous fifty thousand people yeah concert. Mm. 
how weird is that do you think for the band themselves like can you imagine being in a band like joe you've played live like i know kale you do um yeah you know jay i, I don't know if, like are you in a band like i know you got a guitar there or something. No. okay, okay. No, not in a band but like i mean so i mean how weird must that be to go from let's say you have that chili show 50,000 people and then you'll go to another like run of dates where you have like a thousand and it's just like you know to keep the the one thing that I've always given them so much credit for is that the shows the energy has never changed it's like you can't tell that they're just going through the motions even when you know like you know because I've I've been at some shows on tours where they had just come from playing overseas to like you know 15,000 people and then I'm there in front of like 1,500 like it's got to be weird to go from that high to this, like, <coughs> where, <coughs> excuse me, where is everybody? Like, it's a, it's a goal that, as, as an independent musician, it's a goal to fill the room. You, you yeah. don't know until you do it the first time. You, you want to be able to not see the floor when you look out on the crowd. And to be a band as big as Dream Theater is, and to have that record label backing and have that, huge fan base especially in in other countries to where you see some of those classic dvds and everybody's into it 100 percent to come back to well well we came around for for a tour on a new album and um where is everybody that's got to be the most discouraging thing ever because that that's discouraging not too well yeah it's discouraging even even for for me or for anybody that plays music to to once you achieve that goal of filling the room then you start to think about how can i fill bigger rooms yeah but when those rooms start to become empty again man you you want to just hang it up you want to quit or 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 you want to find out like what am i doing wrong has dream theater really changed the the shtick i mean they're writing these big epic albums with songs that go on for an entire side of the record but they've done that that's what they wanted to build towards it's it's not pull me under anymore as much as we love those first few albums it it is about the larger composition and the orchestration but they still sell it as like this big progressive thing or at least that's the fan perception so i it's got to be discouraging it's got to be terrifying to say well i guess we're going out to jam again because nobody's here yeah i and, and to your point jay like i mean um i mean did you uh you saw the dream sonic tour i'm assuming jay chat chat I, I did they you know what you're saying about it them being really energetic i would say that about pretty much every show i've been to since 2007 they looked pretty exhausted on that dream sonic tour at least when i saw him it was it was in philly and i okay. think on my young had fallen and james was kind of having a really rough night i, I don't know man really didn't it, it was a weird show i don't that, know that is what i got to i mean chastity and robert did you guys see it did you guys see dream sonic yeah i, I saw the one in cleveland okay yeah i, I told Devin townsend <laughs> it was great it yeah was great. i oh, damn it was rocks. moving during dream sonic so no oh, uh-huh. yeah i yeah i went i went to the july 9th show in newport kentucky and i remember looking at the ticket sales and 
they had sold like maybe 20% of the place. And I was like, Oh God, what am I walking into? When I got there, it was like mostly packed. So I was like, all right, that's cool. But yeah, Jay, I noticed the same thing you did. And, and, you know, I said this on the show, like I I'm wondering when they made the Portnoy decision because every other show I had seen with Mangini, he was energetic. He was like, yes, you know, up for it and everything. Yes. This, this one to me, he looked like, he was you know counting the songs before he got off stage i was like man that's weird that doesn't look right they had so, already talked to him about it guaranteed that's what that's i what? joe i think i think the same thing like you know hey I, hey finish out the tour here's what we're gonna do like i, I because it just it it did not feel right at all i'm with you like and, and the set I, list the set list was cool and you know i mean i mean but yeah, something with Mangini was just off on that on this last run. I mean, he played fine. I mean, he did he did a great job. There was nothing against his performance. It's just when I think of a lot of the shows that I've seen with Mangini, especially the Along for the Ride tour, he was like, especially Shattered Fortress. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like yes. going all in. Yep. And then during the Dream Sonic tour, I just I remember watching the show and really noticing it. You know. That I, well, I remember the thing with John Mayer. I knew James, you know, that that set list, I think, was a little bit too ambitious for where that where he is at his stage in his career. I think that was a bit unfair towards him to expect him to sing that set list. But then Man- Mangini, I remember the entire show thinking like, ah, oh, he just kind of looks like, I don't know, maybe it's just an off night or something. But, you know, I mean, you said the same thing. So and then what ended up happening with Portnoy. So I think you're right. I think it did end up happening a little bit earlier that they let him know, maybe discuss the possibility of it. It's possible. I have a feeling it probably got brought up at the end of last year, because if you go back to early shows when they were still doing View from the World 2023, Petrucci's already singing. They've knocked off a hell of a lot of the backing vocals at the leg early this year, and it's Petrucci actually singing the backups. I think they did that because of the bridges in the sky, like controversy. Yeah, but it's <laughs> yeah. kind of convenient yeah. timing, isn't it? I think I think Petrucci's it's actually it's bringing it out again, and then you find out Portnoy's coming back, so he's kind of gotta. Yeah, I think I agree. I think they knew before because there was. A couple different things I saw where I think Mangini slipped a little bit and unofficially announced he was leaving because you look at like when Petrucci does stuff, John Petrucci, guitarist, Dream Theater, Grammy winner. And there was a couple that Mangini did where it's name, drummer, no band, Grammy winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Portnoy's making things of thank you for supporting and everything I've done, everything I did. He wasn't talking about current with winery dogs or current with anything. It was, thank you for supporting me. What I, for your support, what you supported me doing, like everything was past tense, but the thing that kicked it was like, looking back, I was like, okay, like connecting all the pieces after Portnoy was announced to coming back. I was like, man, Jeannie slipped a little bit because there was a couple of times where it was on there where he was claiming Grammy winner still, because yes, he is. Yeah. But he wasn't claiming Dream Theater anymore, so yeah, there was there was definitely discussion. And if there you had go to back been. and watch the episode he did here, what's the one? What what are the couple of names he never said? 
Anything Dream Theater related. That the that was Rudis, my young Dream yeah. Theater. Yeah. And and that's the thing Never is it's like up. and and you know, I we, we, we mentioned this on on the episode we did when the news broke that you know he you know the the, the, the publicist when we got the interview said no dream theater questions. We're like, okay. And that's not uncommon when somebody does a solo release. I mean, Joe, you would know this. I mean, you've done how like a couple hundred episodes of discography discussion, which is a fucking great show for the, those guys who haven't seen it. We're, we're um, getting 16 out from 300, John. I need your help on that. <laughs> <laughs> Kale, I'm signing you up too. There you go, Kale. How you going with your Voyager? <laughs> there it is. Um, but, you know, we we're like, okay, fine. And then when, you know, Aiken had emailed back and said, yeah, we'll probably just at the end, like the obligatory dream theater question publicist, the publicist was like, no, absolutely nothing about dream theater. And we were both like, now, okay, now wait a minute. That's not normal. So that was when we really kind of, I started thinking about it and, you know, that directive combined with, you know, having seen how Mangini was on the tour, I was like, something's going on, man. Like that's yeah. just not. It was only a know. couple of weeks before, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was. It, it was. It wasn't even a week. Yeah, from it, the Mangini, from the nineteenth of October, it was announced on the twenty third of yeah. October. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it was like yeah, we because we did our interview on a Thursday, and I want to say it was like a Tuesday when they announced it. Yeah, because so, we had the Octagon after Mangini on the nineteenth, and then yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we we literally released Open Hearts that day, and it was like, yeah, yeah, it was three days after that. So, Robert, I mean, when you saw the Cleveland show, did you get a, a vibe that something was a little off? Like, how did you feel when you saw it? I, I didn't get that vibe. I mean, probably because the the way I was seating, I was kind of like in uh, the general public, like general admission back okay. in. I forget where the venue was actually. Like down by the, uh, uh. The river, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, which one? So, which, oh, yeah. That was at, that was at Nautica. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nautica. Yeah. Okay. At Jacob's Pavilion. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I didn't really notice anything uh, off, particularly with Mancini. I mean, everything sounded well. Like James is gonna be James live. You know, that's kind of a you know give or take. But other than that, it just, it just sounded like just Dream Theater playing. Okay, I mean, Joe, I, I don't know if like, it, 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 have you seen Dream Theater live or I know I know you like you, you enjoy the band, but I, I don't think you and I've ever talked about whether or not you've actually gone to see them. I mean, ha, the only have, time I've, I've been able to see them live was the Progressive Nation tour where they had between the Buried and Me and they had three and Opeth It was in Chicago. It was a pretty badass show. And that that building was full. It was an auditorium, not even a theater like you, you think of a smaller theater uh, where the stage is at the front, same place you'd see a play. But this was in like, an, like an auditorium where a concert or yeah. a symphony would have been. And it was really, really cool. It's, it's it was a great still my – absolutely. It was my, still my favorite intro that I've ever seen them do um, was the 2001 intro. Um, oh, dude, thank you. Thank you. Zarathustra, oh, whatever the hell. You, a minute ago, yeah. you said, "What? What are you looking forward to?" Hopefully, they do this again. My my brain just kept saying 2001. Like, yes, let that be your intro. If Metallica yeah. can have Ecstasy of Gold, you guys can have 2001. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, do that. It, it, cool. it, in, 
I, the one thing that stood out with Dream Theater compared to the other bands was this was Progressive Nation, right? So these are bands that are known for playing more complex material, improvisation, embellishing, but still being able to do it very tight every single time. And Dream Theater was the only band that really jammed, like to the point where it wasn't as enjoyable as what Opeth did an hour ago. But that that didn't bother me because it's Dream Theater. It's live. I want them to improvise. I want them to do something a little bit off the beaten path because they're supposed to be the bar of progressive metal. They're supposed to be setting the trend of what what is not standard rock and standard metal. And to, and to listen as these newer albums come out, it, it's it's a little frustrating because... I've never seen Dream Theater on tape. I've never seen them live where every every single person in the band was not 100% engaged with each other. And some of the videos I've seen and what you're talking about, yeah, it looks like dude got some bad news. And how frustrating is that to, to, to be brought in? At least the perception of the drummer finding process was, no, we're looking for the next member of our band. It, it took me back to Seven Dust when Clint Lowry left for the first time and they hired Sonny from... Uh, snot. from snot fame to yeah. be their second guy and i mean I, I morgan talked about that on the episode of discography discussion like yeah i wish i'd handled that differently because when clint said he wanted to come back we said thanks sonny sorry bye like <laughs> thank you for trusting me with the second half of your careers and your lives and paying yeah. your bills um yeah it, it, so the, i don't know if you if you feel the same way but the perception i had was we're looking for the next member of our band. Now, it, it, let, let's assume that's what it was. Is the conversation then, look, we talked to Mike. He wants to come back. How do you feel about that? Or was it, we're going to give you like a year to find another job, and then we're going to bring back the original? Because the fans are always going to want the original. Mike Mangini's a beast. Yeah. He's one of the most powerful drummers that you will ever see, period. He's one of the most Great. powerful drummers that you will see live. How how does that how that, does that go down? Like, well, and especially considering, you know, like you just said, Kale. Like, you know, he said, you know, thank you for trusting me with the second half of your careers. Like, you know, his famous quote during you know when he gets the call, saying he's in the band. You know, and and the band they were very adamant. Like, you know, no, he's this is our drummer in perpetuity. You know, there's Portnoy and now there's going to be Mangini till we're done. Like, and to have to reverse course on that is. I just want to clarify. So on the D on the dream theater forums, there was like a post where they had said, were you more surprised when Portnoy left the band or when he returned from the band? And I think the mm. most people were surprised when he left the band I was oh, at, yeah. I was more surprised that he returned to the band because like I said earlier with the whole thing with the tour and there was like kind of public friction between James and Mike Portnoy and they were cutting down on the shows, the tour, then he played with Avenged Sevenfold and recorded with them and it just seemed like everything there like something was going on there but they were so adamant so many times like no this is the final incarnation of dream theater yes we're playing with mike portnoy on liquid tension experiment yes we're doing it on petrucci's soul record 
but he's not coming back. Mangini's the permanent rec- uh, permanent member. And then it happened. So to me, that was actually more shocking. I, for me, it wasn't. I, I was shocked when Portnoy left. I mean, n- now hearing you know the stories that had been to- that have been told since, and how the, basically, I mean, you know, the band was sick and tired of him just you know, being under his thumb, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Like, I, I get it. Um, I, that was that was that was pretty surprising. I was like, you know, because these guys are riding high. Um, you know, they. I mean. Even even going into an era of music when records didn't sell anymore, they were still selling a good amount of records. Um, you know, so that to me was a shock because you know, and I think I, th- I think it was more shocking for me because he's the guy that started the whole damn thing. So I mean, how many times do you see like the founding member be like, "All right, see you guys, I'm out." Like that doesn't really happen. It's like you know, it, it just it just it doesn't. But when he came back. You know, I, I, I'm like, okay, you know, I, to me, I thought it was inevitable. I mean, the guy was just too damn popular and, you know, you know, so many fans were clamoring for it. I was like, eventually this is just all the noise is going to drown out all logic and everything. And he's, they're going to get him back. Like it just, it always felt, you know, it felt inevitable to me. And he was kind of slowly starting to have a presence within the band again as it was well because there was always the posts about him oh i I saw mike portnoy at the show last night and then there was the whole backstage thing from one of the new york shows well and and then then the post from melody when they went to him yeah now now you've got me thinking oh here's some of my stuff from my personal archive for your lost not forgotten archives that's i was just gonna go there kale like when 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 i found out he was helping with the lost not forgotten archives i was like he's getting too close to to the band again like this is you know Mm. like he's always gonna stay friends with petrucci and my young because you go back to the 80s but yeah he was there was more than just putting a like a toe in the water. Like he he was starting to go, you know, let's think about going waiting a little bit before we dive right in. Like he was, yeah. Cause there's more than being friends and hey, I need you to write down this, play this track until we can get it recorded. Or I need you to lay this down and you know, give me just this beat so I can get it recorded the right way. And I know you can do it. It became a yeah, more of a consistent thing. Well, and I think I think for me, what kind of really got the wheels churning for me man was when you know mike went on tour with john for his you know solo tour i saw that show and that was i've said this on the show before like that was when i really saw that there was a chemistry there i'm like okay now i understand why people say oh portnoy is different from mangini you know i was like okay there, there is that chemistry there like there's you know just a feel there to it that's you know, unique to the two of them. And I, you know, I thought back to when they hired Jordan and they were talking about writing the liquid tension experiment records. And they were like, dude, there was just this vibe. There was just this feel to it. And I I thought, you know, this has got to be for them where they're going, God, you know, what are we, what are we doing? Like, we're not getting any younger. Like this is where we both belong. Like we belong on stage together. Like I really, I really started thinking about it af- after seeing that solo sh- show of John Petrucci's. 
so i didn't say it tour so that that makes sense dude i I, i'm I'm gonna give you some shit jay (laughs) you really missed it like it was that yeah that is one of the best one of the best concerts i've ever seen it was it was ungoddamn believable and i think one of the things that people are going to notice about portnoy when he's back in the band now like we, we like back in the day when he was in the band we knew he was kind of you know the de facto front man you know he was people always like to watch him he's very energetic man at that petrucci solo show i could not stop watching him like he has grown into being an actual front man even though he's still quote unquote just the drummer like i and i i kept i kept telling myself like god damn you watch watch petrucci you idiot that's what you're here for <laughs> and i just i could not take my eyes off of off of mike portnoy i was like oh my god this guy has a magnetism to him that is just it's it's you you can't turn away and i think it's it's stronger than it was in dream theater so him being that guy now i think he is people are really going to see this and be like oh my god like and that's why i have a really hard time believing this whole we're gonna do one album one live album and then we're out like i i think the new record's going to be extremely well received i think it's going to be extremely high quality first of all you know it's going to be so popular they're going to go we just can't do one record like you know as much as as much as i hate to say this because i i never want to think that dream theater is like a, a a money band they're gonna be like dude we're gonna make a shitload of money if we go and do this again yeah. <laughs> like why are they gonna stop oh the you numbers are gonna speak for themselves in more than ways than one yeah yeah the portnoy love never left and now that it's we have that chance to come back like case in point my dog's middle name like that the love never left like <laughs> right <laughs> the thing is you never know <laughs> Hi, doggy. (laughs) You never know really what's going on behind the scenes where, um, you know, maybe John Petrucci's got like arthritis or John Mayong's got arthritis. Like Alex Lifeson had arthritis or somebody's dealing with something that they're not going to talk about until you know probably the band's over with but it's something internally they've talked about and said okay we have this time frame because you know it's this is bothering me or i mean there's just there's a bunch of things that happen when you get older you know things i mean things happen they're in their what and everybody's in their 60s right no and the, Rudis and the, was born close in 57 yeah uh, Petrucci I mean, the, was 65 so they're in their late 50s and then james i think turned 60 and rudess is the oldest one yep yeah. rudess was born in 57 okay well i, I, I acknowledge I, that no one outside of us will ever find necessary or will ever care about yeah i like so, i remember my sister's birthday because she shares it with petrucci yeah, not the other way around. I, I really, mean, to be fair, I was sitting last Gordon night Rudis? watching the Drumio, and it's like I am one of the few people in the world who realizes how big of a deal this actually is. True. What Jay? I think I talked to you. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, it's okay. Um, I was gonna say like with what Jordan plays, if he was dealing with something like arthritis, I mean, that's. Yeah, I basically had to stop bowling because I have tendonitis in my right hand. 
and the you guitar know? stuff that he's doing now he's like teamed up with people and has this fancy guitar that he's helped like design i guess yeah. like i watched that on facebook and everything and i'm like um first time i saw it i was like why are you not playing a majesty like that i'm like the same thing i'm like betrayal betrayal yep <laughs> that is blasphemy but then you actually see him play it in the it's this box and i love it so much and the thing See, like what he plays for endless sacrifice God, no like so good. if he does it oh what's it's the actor's so name that has the really bad arthritis in his hands um mm. that, that that doesn't really narrow it down There's no like, like his hand is literally <laughs> stuck like this because of it are you mean like parkinson's no he has arthritis to the point where he cannot use his hands it's not oh. michael j fox but De Niro. Like, in, no i'll i'll find it but joe pesci no, I will find it. I will Google it. Give me a second. Ben Affleck. Keep guessing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I see. No. My whole thing is, I wonder. And Robert, let me let me know what you think about this, because you and I have talked a little bit about this here and there. I wonder how much if this is going to be one album and one live album and out. I really wonder how much of this is we're talking about, like, you know, arthritis. If the guys have medical problems, whatever. I wonder how much of this is, you know. Is it James? Like when you know he and I give that guy a million percent credit for coming out and saying, "Look, I can't sing the stuff like I used to." Like no other singer is doing that. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. he admitted. So is this like okay? They're like at this point in our careers, we can't change lead singers. We don't want to change lead singers. Like, what do you think? Is this is this a James driven thing where he's like, "Look, guys, I've got like two tours left." You know, um, I can like, see that. Like James Coburn. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. So I mean, Never Robert, what, what, Snow Dogs. He's Thunder Jack in Snow Dogs. He does a lot of other stuff, but that's. Yeah, never heard of him. Google yeah. it. Google I have it. a question for you, John. After uh, whatever you were going to ask Robert. Well, I. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um, that's honestly a good point. It could be a James-driven thing because you know, like he said, he came out saying, "Hey." I'm not, I can't sing like I did, like, you know, back in my 20s, which is fair. Like, I feel like, you know, on the, uh, the dream, dream Sonic tour, I forget the name, but, uh, like, you know, when he did like the, uh, alternate, like, uh, uh, notes to some of the music, I'm like, I thought that fit well because, you know, the whole controversy over bridges in the sky, which I was like, mm, I can see it both ways because he is getting to a point where, he can't hit some of those notes but also i still have that little bit of faith of like yeah you can do it but yeah the weird thing is he did it on the easier part yes he did which yeah, is actually strange true. i just i just think that no one gives enough credit to what happened to him with the you know the whole breakfast incident in cuba thing during the awake tour like if you rupture something like if you rupture your vocal cords like that is you know you're not going to come back from that like and it's going to damage you down the road i was and in I, the room I, with a girl that did it yeah it, it's audible noise and that is the most horrific thing i've I've yeah that i've ever seen i mean he he flat he flat said a squeak came flew out of my throat like it was just a squeak and then i couldn't even speak like and, and it, it, I mean, when you rip that thing, it's it's like, you know, it's like an athlete because, I mean, you know, singers like, you know, I mean, Joe, you've done some singing. Kale, obviously you sing. 
you know, yeah. Jay, I'm sure you might a little bit. And, and, you know, Robert, I don't know if you sing, but obviously your sister, you know, is a beautiful vocalist. Um, like it, 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 it's like, it's like an Olympic sport, man. It's like the musculature. If you, if you damage that, like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to recover, but it's not going to be as, you know, you never get back a hundred percent of it. Yeah. Right. And, 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 they, and they never stopped. Like he, he literally went back on tour. So I, I, I think that's what did it was the fact that, you know, the band was still building and, you know, all these years later, it's, you know, the chickens are coming home to roost, unfortunately, you know, because his voice just physically took damage that a voice normally doesn't take. And so, yeah, you know, and it sucks, too, because he, dude, I, like, I will defend James Labrie till the ends of the earth, dude. He is I, I've interviewed him a few times. Um, for those of you guys who haven't seen the episode uh, last year where we did, we, we did a deep dive into his solo record, which, by the way, I still fucking love that record. Uh, oh, beautiful absolutely. Shade of Gray. Um, brilliant record. One. Yeah. I, like, and like, the thing is, I, I want him to sing more like that. Moving yeah. On. It, it Dude, fits his voice so well. It's yes. so much of a better style for him. Yes. Dude, absolutely. It, well, it, yeah. Brian and I say all the time, hello, puppies. Sorry. Doing, my husband all the time. Look, look, we're, we are we are dog people on this show, okay? Don't you feel Beautiful bad at all? This oh, is up. Presley Portnoy that's hiding, and this is he used to be named Poe BD8. <laughs> <laughs> my nephews named him, and I love it. It didn't fit him, so his name is now Dini Poe Dini because he can get any, anything like Houdini can. Well, there we go. But yeah, but, so, <laughs> that's yes. what was barking. Sorry. No, you're good. But yeah, I, I think I, I'm completely with you, Kale. Like, and all you guys, like his voice, like, like Brian and I have said so many times that our favorite James vocal moments, uh, m most of them are when he gets into that like breathy ballad type of a style. And it, it just sounds so good. Like, I mean, I mean, Joe, I don't think you and I've ever actually talked about this. Like, like, what were your thoughts on James's uh, most recent solo record, the acoustic one? Every member of this band shines when they do their solo album. You, when you were talking earlier about Portnoy being different, or how he worked with how he plays with with Petrucci on his solo stuff, the first time I saw Petrucci play his solo stuff live and Portnoy was backing him. I was shocked by how different Portnoy was. And it wasn't just let me copy what somebody else did and put no emotion into it. It's legit. No, they're, they're in a different headspace. Labrie's solo record was, I don't want to say within his capabilities, but it sounded like him. It sounded like somebody who had been singing for 30 plus years coming up with a new album and working on it to make it as good as it can be without the expectations of what is dream theater that's maybe, a very good point maybe that's what the problem is is we're still chasing what dream theater is supposed to be and everybody's getting wow. like 96 percent there and they're giving it their all they're still working on it they still have a goal it's not going to be something simple but as soon as they as soon as they separate or they change their view, you know, even with liquid tension experiment, it, it's it's different. It's just different every single time. Yeah, I 
that is an excellent, excellent point that without the expectations of, you know, th that come with a dream theater record, like he was kind of free to do sing how he's like comfortable, you know? And I, I like, like you guys had said, you know, this basically, you know, for him, like his voice fit that style so well, you know, and I, I, I know that um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Paul Logue posted, I think it was like two weeks ago or something that, uh, you know, he, he he posted a picture of a new guitar that he guys like get yeah, working on the new James stuff like hell. Yeah. So um, I think we need to stop chasing this James. Yeah, yes. Kale. And, and you know what, Kale, that is the, or the previous one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I but I, I think Awake is like the perfect example because that's, you know, he was at the height of his powers. And I mean, how much does it suck that like for the Awake tour or excuse me, the Awake record, he was absolutely killing it. And and he has to have this stupid damn accident just because he ate a shitty breakfast like that to me will will forever be just absolutely tragic. And, you know, they weren't at the point where they could stop. They weren't at the point where they could, okay, well, James needs like six months to a year. Like, no, he had to go back out there and he had to, he just had to keep going. And, it, and unfortunately, you know, was to his detriment. Like if it, if it would have been a few albums later, like when the band was more established and everything, like, you know, he could have taken that time off. Like, look, you know, he ruptured his vocal cords. We're taking a year off. You know, and the fan base would have totally accepted it, but at that at that point in time, they couldn't do it. Like it just it it just sucks, man. And then like, they were still trying to push them using... as like as a major label band, like a headlining yeah. mainstream thing, and they've really never been that. Yeah, true. But then they ended up using his lower register to great effects with distance over time here. Yep. And even higher on, vocals too on like Untethered Angel and uh, yeah. yeah sections of Barstool but Warrior. That yeah. that's the thing is on yeah. stuff There's like the self-titled and Distance Over Time, he's using that really mixed voice and staying where he's comfortable. And I think those albums sound great. Yes. So definitely, I don't see why he feels the need to have to go out and perform them as those songs. I mean, we have. We, we can sit here all day and say his current voice sounds great. And we'd be right. So why not readapt the songs and be like, hey, I can't sing them like that anymore. Here's my interpretation of them now as a 60-plus-year-old man who's had vocal issues for the last 30 years. Well, and I, I, I think that's why I give him so much credit, Kale. Like I said a minute ago, like, like all these other singers that sound like ass right now, you know, like David Coverdale and David Lee Roth and, you know, all these different guys, you know, that used to be like vocal gods or whatever. Like, I mean, D David Lee Roth was never like a vocal Lee god, but you, I was like, David Lee Roth I mean. was in that category. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's when, you know, like, like, he's like a vocal a, god in John's heart. But no, he's, he's not. <laughs> Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar is a vocal god. Like, um, but all you know what I mean? Like, the, like guys that him and sound, thick. sound like a certain way. And now, you know, you get them live and you're like, what is this trash? And they don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't care. They're just like, you know, David Lee Roth. Again, I'm going to use the example. He, his his attitude is, well, all the fans just want DLR. I'm going to feed them the shit sandwich and, and they'll just eat it because I'm David Lee Roth. James yep. Labrie is the only one I can think of that came out and actually said either the Robert Plant did the same thing. 
But and so I give him a ton of credit. He came out and said, look, I can't do what I used to be able to do. That takes so much balls and bravery to just flat out admit, like, look, dude, I'm, you know, I'm getting a little bit older. My voice doesn't do what it does. And so instead of going out there and just feeding people a crap performance, you know, he's doing the very best he can and admitting that he can't do what he used to do. Like, I, I think that is incredibly brave. And I will I give him all the credit in the world, man. And and, and I am biased. I am biased. I'll fully admit it. But Straight I just yeah, I, mean, I think we all love but, him. Yeah. I, I I would love to see him go out and do these next couple, last couple, whatever you want to say about him, with his own voice and not trying to take back what he was robbed by a shit breakfast burrito. Yeah. I mean, isn't isn't that the thing too? Like like people that have been complaining about his voice are like, oh man, he's hitting these low notes and stuff. It's like, yeah, he's doing like a low harmony, basically. But I mean, would you rather hear that or would you rather hear him trying to do those notes and just cracking and squeaking and like where you're like, oh God, like nails on a chalkboard? Like, no. If it means a better performance, change it. Exactly. I, I, I yeah. Like you, you and I had this conversation last year after I blew myself up with my month-long bit of flow. It was like, well, you know, I can tune it down, but even then, that's only so good to a point. And you're like, well, alter the melody, make it in your own wheelhouse. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, that's exactly what you got to do. And that's my question. I think the answer is no. But does Dream Theater ever adjust for how is James today? <laughs> Like, do we need to take this down a pitch or I two? I think next tour, Pull me under they will do that. Walls. Okay. Next tour, I am confident that they will start down-tuning stuff. I think, yeah. at least. And I think no, that's I... okay, too, especially when you're playing something from the late 80s, early 90s, where everything was normal. standard tuning, everything was as yeah. high as it can be. Bring it down a little bit, just natural aging. Like, oh, yeah. not everybody gets to keep that voice forever. And yeah, I think that's more cool. why the seven strings have taken so much precedence. It's a lower register for him. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, I the only thing that that you know the the detuning does is it does take the seven string out of it a little bit. I think because I mean detuning a seven string is like holy crap. Might as well just play the eight string. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but um. Holy crap, Dream you know, Theater's new album is a gent album. <laughs> you know what? Everyone keeps asking if like like they want are we gonna get more heavy stuff, more heavy stuff. I don't think people would be pissed if it was really heavy just to make it more comfortable for James. And then, you know, I, I, I honestly, maybe they will do that. Everything will be like kind of detuned and like heavy, so that when you get to the show and you hear the old stuff like a step down, let's say, it's not as jarring because you're yeah. used to listening to the new record. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's maybe maybe that's a thing. So, um, and then right. you get to tape stuff like "Endless Sacrifice," "As I Am," the Tim, the lower tuning to start with. Yeah, yeah. Where that's already starting to feel comfortable, keep that original. Yes, like Metallica totally does with Sabbath That hasn't been tuned down further throughout the years. That stayed in D. Yeah, no, perfect point. All right, guys. Well, we're at three and a half hours, so why don't we jump off of here? I, have a, um, I was going to ask all y'all a question before we died. Oh, no. Okay. All right. All right. I had one question about a wake. Okay. okay. Cool. Six o'clock. 
Okay, the song six o'clock on, on Christmas, Christmas morning. morning. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my it. question: the first little lines that are spoken. Okay, that's based off a movie called The Dead. Has any of you watched it? I did, and I want to know what drugs they were on to think that that was a good movie to reference. I want that hour and a half of my life back. I have not watched it. Mike Portnoy likes, old, like he's admitted he likes referencing really obscure and weird stuff. Yeah, like so, yeah, but that's a, that's a mm. cave song. But so. yeah, like I watched it because I was like, I want to know what they're doing. So I yeah, looked right. it up. That is a cave song. We found it and it's literally an hour and a half of a dinner party that does nothing. It has Angelica Houston in it. And the last like 10 minutes, she sobs to her husband that her childhood boyfriend died because she couldn't go outside and meet him and he died of pneumonia. She'll love him forever and then cries herself to sleep on the bed like a Disney princess. You're tearing me <laughs> apart, Lisa. And like, And that's it. That's how it ends. He does this weird monologue and that's when they talk about the dead. And I'm just, I don't understand. Like, has anyone else seen it? Is it just I, me that thinks I have that? Go I, watch oh, it. Well, it the honor of God, Mary Jane. <laughs> yes. And it actually uses that in there. Like, that full quote and, you know, Aunt Kate is quite snarky about it. But <laughs> it's an awful movie, but it honestly is amazing to then be able to put it into the song. Yeah, it works on the song. <laughs> So like I'm like, is it just me? I'm like, is it just me that went like looked it up and went and found it's a 1985 movie? Angelica Houston is like 20. It was already 90s by the time we we yeah right yeah. It's her dad's like last movie he did before he passed away, and that's why she's in it. She literally did it for her dad. But I'm like, did anyone else like look it up? What is this reference from? Is that just me that's the weirdo that decides to find what it's from? I mean, you were first to no. the line, but I guarantee you're not the only weirdo in this room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, in the, okay, let's say in this room of the six of us. Yeah, exactly. All about, six of us on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yes. I, I what's bad is the first time I heard that idiot. song was that, like, going into Christmas morning, I was like, please tell me My it's kidding. literally six o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Kale, what time is it somewhere. over there? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> What are we showing us, Jay? Are those cats? Or are they so this, cat socks? This they is cat my socks? late kitty. <gasps> kitty socks. Oh, we yeah. love kitties. Oh, that yeah. is too cute. Really? That is awesome. So there, there was that, and then my friend got me this. It's a Pokemon card of my cat. Oh, oh, that's that's awesome. Awesome. I dig that it. Is, dude, I, kitties. I, dude, I'm a huge pet fan, Jay. And like I'll like to your point, like I actually have I have it up on a shelf, so I can't, I can't bring it down. But um, my band Gatlin, shut up, Joe. Um, we did a 20th anniversary show in 2015, and I was at the merch table and we're you know selling much stuff and signing signing autographs, whatever. And someone came through the line, and my my dog Chewy had passed literally the week before, like, and he was like my best friend, like he was like the best dog friend I'll ever have. That's and so they this this person hands me a painting of Chewy. I was like, oh, my God, like like one of our fans had actually made a painting of my dog and handed it to me after the show. Like I was like, so it's like up in like the place of prominence up there. I was like, I, I couldn't even believe it. Like it was so unbelievably humbling. I was like, dude, all I did is write some tunes like and it's already sweet enough that you enjoy the tunes. But then 
you know you make this painting so like you've got the pokemon card like it's it's just beautiful yeah, it's an amazing <laughs> that's an amazing thing to do you're yeah. bouncing what are you showing us all right Thanks. oh got it so. <laughs> I'm just watching you do this. I'm like, stop moving. I'm I'm very proud of this. Blurry to read. I know, right? I'm, I'm like, John, the EP is 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 where it's at, man. I it's John it. James and Mike. Let's <gasps> and Ch Chad Stevermer. Gatlin, is that a tribute country band? No, no. We did we do get confused with that, but no. And if you're looking I, it up on sure Amazon, Spotify actually puts your stuff together. It does. It does. And, and 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 somehow it got changed on an Amazon Music to Gatlin G A I T L I N, but it's actually G A T L I N. So, Ugh. yeah. So, in any case, was drunk when they uploaded that. Well, See, dude, it changed out of nowhere. It's been, there, it's, it's 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 been it's been it's there forever, cool. and, and it just changed. So, all right, guys. Cool. Dream Theater home screen. So I'm going. To, I'm going to. I'm going to close out the show here. <laughs> But I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you guys out and uh, stay in the green room and I'll talk to you guys after we uh, end the stream. But I want to talk to you guys for a second before we leave. So um, check out Lines of Conviction on Spotify and YouTube and Apple Music. I I cannot get I cannot forget to do this again. There you go. Sean already did it earlier, but please check it out. We Kale, what's our new out. band called? I forget. Our new band. <laughs> yeah. We're doing something now. Kale's like, where was I? What did I sign up for? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying I don't to know how this is gonna work. What did I agree to? <laughs> He's like, wait, was was I was I? <laughs> Chad, much appreciated, man, for sticking around this entire time. You are hardcore. Great to see you. Um, thanks very much, brother. We appreciate you. We love you. So, hope you had yeah, a good time. A lot of fun. Uh, all you guys, man, Joe, Kale, Jay, Chastity, Robert, man, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for jumping on and co-hosting. Um, Man, what a what a goddamn blast! Like, this is this is just so much fun, and I, I love having you guys on. So, thank you guys very much. I will I'll put you guys in the green room. I'm gonna close up shop here, but uh, I will talk to you guys in just a second. And then there was one. So, guys, Brian had to jump. He does have family responsibilities, as he said. Before we get out of here for tonight, guys, I have to say thank you to all of our amazing co-hosts. Uh, Henning was amazing. Sean Faust, obviously Kiel McLeish, Chastity Crawley, Robert Husted, JG3, Discuss Metal Joe, Joseph Wren, uh, and all you guys in the chat. Chad Steve Vermer, obviously uh, Doug McCauley, everybody. All you guys that were commenting, Ali's Restaurant and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, man, guys, it's been another incredible year on the show here. We hope you guys have the very best holiday, whatever you celebrate, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all that good stuff, man. Just just be safe and happy and healthy. Enjoy your friends and family. And thank you so very much for tuning in to Talking Into Infinity. Brian and I absolutely love doing the show. Um, you know, it's a cheesy cliche, but, you know, it's a labor of love. And it's like it kind of is, man. It's a chance for me and Brian to hang out every two weeks, um, you know, and it, it, we get to talk about, you know, our favorite band. And it's awesome to do it with you guys as we've always said you guys in the chat keep the show rolling so thank all of you so very much god bless all you guys uh can't wait to see you again uh again if you are tuned in on youtube don't forget to hit that like button hit that subscribe button and smash the notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live we are going to be right back here it'll be let me see here i probably should have looked this up before the show but in any case it will be thursday January 11th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at all these fine locations. Facebook, YouTube, 
cmsnetwork.com, talkingintoinfinity.com, and the CMS uh, Network Rumble page. So, guys, for Brian, I am your host, John. Man, what an incredible year we have in store for us in 2024. Mike Portnoy is fucking back. We get a new album. We get a tour. It's going to be a blast. And we will be here every other Thursday to talk about it with you guys. So, guys, have an amazing holiday season. Please be safe, whatever you're doing. And as always, carpe diem.